welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. To define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Top Podcast I am your host, Serial Sensei We are on episode number 169 As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, Apple Podcasts Uh Wherever else you listen to your podcast at, we are probably there. Shout out to iHeartRadio. Um, look us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as the Instagram page. You can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. You can follow my co-host Antaku on Twitter at GC Zeus. And speaking of my co-host, I'm once again joined with the Antaku for another week. What's going on, man? Um... I, uh, uh, we got to witness one of the greatest fights of all time um, last night, as well as a pretty okay uh, strawweight fight. So that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yesterday was a. Uh, it was a good time. It was. It was a. It was a good time. It was, it was the- a weird time. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's MMA though. If it's not MMA, if it doesn't get weird at some point. Um, but with each fight that just surpassed like the previous fight, because like it, it it was like a fantastic night overall. Like every basically every fight in the card delivered, um, in some way, shape, or form. But like all the way up to the co-main event, it was one of the best events. Probably, uh, yeah, probably in this, like the history of the UFC, like yeah, top to is, bottom. Yeah, this is definitely up there. And and, and then <laughs> shit <I'm>, went <laughs> sideways, upside down. Like I'm not gonna say disaster struck, but just something struck. I don't know. Well, really, nothing actually. You know what? Nothing struck really. It was, like, it was like you were at like a really good party, and then like you know one o'clock hits. You start, looking, it, you start looking at the door. Well, like, you start looking around, and it's just, like, random people, like, who weren't there, like, an hour ago. Yeah, and you don't know any of them, and you, like, you try to give them a chance, but you find out, like, nah, these guys, this, this isn't a good time anymore. Uh, they're all just kind of, like, just hard posing in the corner. Yeah. It's just really awkward. Yeah, so you have to, you have to yeah. leave. <laughs> you just gotta go. Yeah, it's just like, okay, it... I've seen enough. I'm out. Oh man, but yeah, uh, it's been been a while. I haven't recorded since uh, what was that last pay per view? The one where we got angry that Dominic Reyes is not. The oh champion. yeah, yeah, that one. That one, yeah, that did happen. <laughs> that did happen. But we're back, and boy, did we we pick pick a good card to come back to. Um, but real quick before we get into all of those shenanigans, um. Always, always got a shout-out to the listeners. Shout-out to the people who are still uh, listening to episodes, even though we haven't put out an episode in, like, almost, like, 20-something, almost nearly 30 days. Uh, so, shout-out to you guys. Top hey. cities for the week. 
Number one, Mountain View, California. Number two, Dallas, Texas. Number three, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, got a steep drop off after that. <laughs> Everybody's pretty much tied with Atlanta. Uh, number four, Venetius, Lithuania. Number five, B Barisal, Bangladesh. Uh, we got Edo, Edo. Lord, I'm about to I'm about to kill this. Edo Bacoke, Canada. Gateshead, UK, San Francisco, California, Linwood, California. You know, I see, I see you, Cairo, Egypt. You at the very bottom, but I see you, Brooklyn, New York. Y'all still here, Bronx, New York, Auckland, New Zealand. Um, but shout out to everybody who's still been listening um, to, to episodes, apparently. So appreciate you guys. Share with a friend, coworker, fight fan. <clears throat> uh, it's it's funny that Lithuania is in our top five because one of their fighters showed out on Friday. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, they 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 knew we were going to talk about it, or they were hoping we would talk about it. Yep. So we got you. We got you covered. But shout out to you guys. Keep uh supporting, retweeting, all that good stuff. Um, I guess real quick before we start the episode, uh, just as a, a subtle reminder, uh, after this episode, uh, we'll be on hiatus until April two forty nine, which is an April what? Well, like, it's like the 18th. Uh, it's like mid, I know it's, it's mid-April sometimes. 18th. There we go. So we'll be on a hiatus until the 18th. Probably record on the 19th. Um, that'll be the last pay-per-view that we cover. And then uh, and hopefully, hopefully uh, we can get Joey and Stoves on that episode. And then we'll do one more episode after that. Uh, bonus episode. Um, and then the the doors uh, of the podcast will be closing for an indefinite time. I, I mean, it, as a mall dojo, I feel like a three-year run is, it, like, that, that's proper, you know? Yeah, we lasted longer than Sears. They're all going out of business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sears is getting out of here. JCPenney probably isn't too far behind. You know, we, well, we, last, well, we lasted pretty sitting. long. What we're saying is it's the retail apocalypse's fault that we're not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to support Toys R Us. That's where all our business came from. Oh man, it's crazy. I did. I used to work there. I was smart. My alma mater of jobs, so to speak. <laughs> Once upon a time. <laughs> Shout out to the truck crew unloading trucks at six in the morning, man. <laughs> make, sure you, make sure you put that you were a manager on your resume moving that forward. Been. That should have been. Well, you should. You not good at it. That's the amazing thing. <laughs> you just no one to tell them that you weren't. Yeah, I managed something while I was there. <laughs> I definitely managed something. I mean, you managed to go to work. There we so. go. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, gotta gotta update the resume. But I wanted to say real quick. I don't I don't know if we ever discussed this on air. Um, even though that this podcast will be coming to a close, um, that there are definitely two fights, I think in particular, that will draw us out of retirement, should they ever happen. Um, one being Errol Spence Jr. versus, uh, Terrence Crawford. Yep. And the other, which seems like it might not ever happen, <laughs> but attention Nasukawa and Takaru can ever, uh, you know, if we can ever figure out this whole, um, K1, K1 debacle, yeah. rivalry. Yeah, if we can ever figure that out, and that happens. We're, 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 the microphones are getting dusted off. 
Um, so I, I, I just wanted to throw I, it out I, there. I find it hilarious that neither one of the fights that would bring us back are MMA fights. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, though? Because the, the, the one that, well, it would have been Tony Habib for me. Like, had that not, that would have been the my answer to that. Like, had, had that fight not been a thing. That that would have been my that would have been the fight for MMA that would have got me back. But we're allegedly getting it. Knock on uh, wood. That's not wood I knocked on. This definitely isn't made of wood. But <laughs> <laughs> knock on something that we're gonna get that. Because um, I I need that in my life. I think we've all been waiting a long time for that fight. I, so I I like how um yeah we're we're closing out on that fight. And it kind of feels like we're just quitting in protest of Jose Aldo and I mean, uh, well, we might end up getting to that later. We might get to that that fight later. God. But let's go ahead and uh, kick this off. Uh, as far as the show rundown, uh, we'll start with the What's On uh, Your Mind segment. Um, I kind of like the format we did last time. So after What's On Your Mind, I think we just jump right into the card. Um, and then after we discuss the card, uh, we'll do some fight announcements, which there are plenty of since the last time we recorded, and a, a few, like, important ones. Uh, get into some news, uh, you know, then we'll do fight recommendations, and then we'll, uh, be out of here. There'll be some random, random, uh, ramblings in between. You know how, you know how it happens, but, um, it's pretty much how the show will go. So, if you have anything on your mind, uh, the anti-cool, what is on your mind for this week? All I have on my mind, because we didn't get to talk about it when it happened, so I'm, I'm going to jam it into this section, um, is Deontay Wilder blaming his 45-pound <laughs> suit costume from the uh, from his walkout with Tyson Fury in the rematch on his eventual knockout loss. Lord. That is, bar none, the... Best excuse <laughs> I've ever seen a fighter give. That is better than Nick Diaz saying that Jake Shields and Gilbert Melendez were too tired to help him prepare for GSP. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that that was one of those fights that happened. Like, ah, I kind of wanted to talk about that one. That was that was a night. That was a that was a fun night. That, that was an amazing way to end Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> I was conflicted because the black guy didn't win, but at the same time, uh, I bet on the white guy. He got me $20, so I don't know what that's... <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. But, hey, man. Uh, it means you can read how combat sports works, and it's always in the worst way possible. <laughs> but also sometimes in the best way possible at the same time. It's amazing. Yeah. This is why we love this. This is why we do this. Yeah, that that fight was a it was a spectacle for sure. I I enjoyed. It. I had a good time watching it. I had a good time watching. It. We'll we'll see how uh this this third matchup goes. And um, I, I I can't imagine it goes any better. So it's like is his new suit gonna be like made of like plastic? Like it's gonna be like a styrofoam cutout of what he would normally wear. He's just, he's just gonna wear the mask. He's he's gonna go back to wearing the 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 um the Mardi Gras mask. Yeah. So just get your, your shredder mask on and just yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah, you know, I, I you know I'll give it up for um the dude, 
the the rapper dude because like his song was like yeah, it was in eh. but like he was coherent which is more than I can say for literally any other rapper who walks out with a fighter. That was that dude D Smoke, right? I think so. Yeah, I I I keep hearing about him. I've not I've not given him a, a listen yet. But I've actually heard that he is actually really good. I'm gonna have to give him a a listen. But like he he's better than fucking Little Wayne. Walking out to the ring with a was it Floyd Mayweather? Probably. He's just barely audible. Yeah, but... he's obviously just high and drunk out of his mind. Yeah, the, the rappers coming down with fighters is kind of a not even just rappers, just anybody who like live performs it. I don't know. For me, it doesn't doesn't really hit the same. Who, who was the dude who performed for Chapman as when he walked out against McGregor? Was it Brad Pratt? Crazily, it was some random country singer. I don't know. I erased that from my memory. I honestly forgot that was even a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might have helped a little bit. He did, you know, go out to proceed to put on a great fight. Well, that was. He also got knocked out. <laughs> uh, you know, it happens. <laughs> it happens. But yeah, the yeah, the whole music with the intro thing for me doesn't doesn't really hit. Doesn't really hit. The one that is the most um. Uh, like, makes you question. Like, like, the the one that raised the most questions for me, and I don't know if you remember this. Did you did you ever watch Michael McDonald in um Tashi Palace fights? No, I don't think so. All right, so his brother fought for Tashi Palace. He fought Francisco Rivera back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. and everybody knows who like 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 about Mayday. Like he is very very evangelical. Um, bragged about not getting laid until he got married. Like loves doing carpentry more than he does fighting, despite you know having the talent for fighting. Um, his brother is nothing like him. His brother walked out with his friend, who is this like. White boy hardcore gangster rapper. <laughs> and it was very... It's just like... I want to know what this family was like. Growing up. Uh, I, I feel like that explains McDonald better. He, hold on, is his brother older or younger? Um, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, well, it doesn't give me an age, but he's like- bigger. I feel like if he's older, that explains why Michael McDonald's the way he is, because he probably saw that and was like, "Oh no, we we can't go that way." But we're we both gonna be a midfighter. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, he he panned. He took the hard left. Uh, it, it is worth noting that Brad McDonald started fighting when he was eleven, as like an amateur, which I didn't know was a thing in the United States. So whatever. Jeez. There you go. Step up your live uh, performances. Or just don't do them. Oh, my God. It's Someone uploaded it to YouTube. Oh, I thought it was lost forever. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing dies on the internet. Nothing dies on the internet. I mean, we... we... But shout out to Teon- Deontay Wilder and that, uh, that suit. Oh, so, I, I, I'm mistaking. His, his, the rapper was Mexican, but he also has the skinniest legs, and the longest jean shorts I've ever seen on a human being. Mm. Well, wait, what year was that? It's 2011. Ah, no, that makes sense. You know, fashion was a little, uh, 
a little, a little different back then. <laughs> but I saw the Wilder in that suit. Um, he had like twenty people walking out. <laughs> did he win? No. Oh no! <laughs> you can't come down with twenty people and get knocked out. I'm pretty sure this is the Cisco fight. God. This is August 2011. August 2011. Yeah, no, he got knocked out in 40 seconds. Again. Jesus. <laughs> the 20 people should have jumped him. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he just threw dirt on all of our names. God. That's, <laughs> that's, that's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, what is, like... Uh, we got like we we got somebody who's always just like clutch when it comes to the walkouts. Uh, last night with like um, with Israel Asanya walking out with those two women throwing rose petals at his feet. Um, I'm uh, what are some of the other just like worst walkouts? Because like we only ever remember the good ones. Like remember fight uh fight nights global fifty. Uh, the Fedor Maldonado card was that that one, where um we had uh, what's her face um the she's in uh is she in the UFC or is she in Victor um the woman who walked out in the Cinderella carriage and the that. and then the one fighter who walked out um with the singer being suspended in the air being dressed like a inflate uh, being dressed in an inflatable spider balloon thing. Yeah, I always just go back to James Tahuna. Uh, that's always my like my default. I, I appreciate I appreciated that intro a lot. Yeah, oh, man. Shout out to the intros. <laughs> shout out to Deontay Wilder in your suit. Shout, uh, shout out to um. Got, uh, Stamp Fairtex, who great intro. Oh yeah, she kills it. She kills it every time. But she lost her last fight with Jeanette Todd. Eh. Mm. Mm. She, she still got a belt. She'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. She wants three of them, so she's back to one. Yeah. You know, she's still young. She got plenty of time. Yeah. I, I, I went on forever. What, what's on your mind, Sunset? What, what, what's eating at you? What is consuming your every molecule of thought? I've got a few things. Uh, I can go positive or I could go negative. Well, you know, my positive isn't really like that long. Though. No, I'm going to have to go negative. I'm going to have to go negative. I have to talk about it because it's a, it's a worldly topic. I, I ain't going to spend too much long on this, but this whole uh, coronavirus situation. Um, was that a thing the last time we recorded? No. no, yeah, no just no. like, just came out of nowhere. Like, just woke up and coronavirus boom here you go yeah so, so like um where is it going uh, it, uh this is an excellent study in um just how interconnected the world is because this started in a i was gonna say small city but wuhan is comparatively big next to like most american cities um but it started in a city in china and has now enveloped the entire world Kind of like World War uh, um, Z, so it's amazing. My my uh, comments about it. Not even it's not really about the virus itself. It's about <laughs> it's about everything surrounding the virus and things that I've uh, noticed. Um, that our society isn't set up for a global pandemic like this, and that 
Um, you know, those of us who don't have a shit ton of money are probably fucked. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say I've, I've noticed that uh, it's reinforced and re uh, confirmed something that I already knew. That a lot of these people just are nasty out here. Oh, that too. <laughs> like a lot, a lot of y'all have been living really foul for the longest time, and I've always known this. I, I don't know if you ever had an office job. Oh yeah. Um, office people are nasty. If you if you never worked in an office job, well, let me give you a, little, a quick little little insight into like office job culture. I mean, and this probably spans to other businesses and areas of work too. But office people are like a special breed. Like, it's a very well-known thing that there are people in the office who just don't wash their hands. Like, will flat out just go to a stall, handle their business. They might sprinkle a little water on their fingertips, but there's no soap applied. They just walk right out. Like, nothing happened. Like, they didn't do anything. And now, I don't, I don't know how it is, like, where you live, but, you know, you go to the store and, like, hand sanitizer and somehow toilet paper... <laughs> all, all, yeah. all of the cleaning utensils and supplies. I don't get that one. Like, yeah, that I don't like, a, like I like it, was that like a thing by the CDC being like you know, um, make sure you have toilet paper on. I, like... I don't know. I don't know how the Scott toilet paper is supposed to save you from the coronavirus, but I think people aren't leaving their houses and they're like, I, I, I maybe I can deal without food, but I need my toilet paper. And it's like, <clears throat> it took y'all, it, it took this kind of scare to realize, like, oh, we probably really need to wash our hands and clean. You nasty, just gross, <laughs> filthy, just dirty scum humans. Just, ugh, ugh, y'all, y'all are nasty. Y'all. That's what this whole thing has made me realize. Um, but it, I try, I try to be optimistic. I hope <laughs> if you're one of those people who th- it took you for this to wash your hands, I hope you keep the trend going like after this is all done and said and over with, you know, after we hopefully eventually figure this all out and life life returns to normal. Um, just keep up the trend of washing your hands. You, you should have been already, but if this is what it took to get you to do it, whatever, man. But just keep doing it. Um, yeah, like as somebody who works with kids and like our bathrooms are always locked because they're strictly for kids. Um, and you know, because they're like single stalling, you you don't want like an adult hiding in there. Um, so we so we, we lock the bathrooms, and like they, when they need to use them, they have to come up to us to ask them, or to ask for the key, and we have to unlock the door for them. Hmm. Like teaching fucking kids to wash their hands. Yes. Because like none of them ever do. Hmm. And if they do, it's literally just with water, and then they don't wipe them. And it's gross as hell. It's nasty. It's really nasty. Um, and last bit before I close this, uh, I just did some random uh, looking last night. I don't really <clears> travel that much, but I was just looking up plane tickets just to see. Bro, plane tickets are crazy cheap right now. Bro, I, I could fly to Atlanta today for like $70 <laughs> if hey. I wanted to. See that—that's the move. <laughs> I could fly to Belize for like one sixty. <laughs> like, I have no reason to go, but if I wanted to, the option is there. I'm gonna look up prices. I'm gonna look up uh, what you call it for Bro, you Miami. Can go to, 
You can go to LA for like less than two hundred. Yeah, like you you heard. So the funny thing is, like, they, there was a story that came out that um there are a lot of um airlines in like Europe and uh, I guess America that are literally flying empty planes because they need to keep their uh, their their like their slots like their mm-hmm. time slots. So they're literally just flying empty planes because people are canceling their flights. And it's just like, I mean, yeah, they still got to fill the plane. So, like, uh, it's, it's weird. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of tempting. <laughs> it is. And I'll put this out there. I, I ain't going to say I don't care about this virus. I've survived a lot in my life. I'm not about to let this be the thing that stops me. I mean, it's this, <laughs> the virus disproportionately hurts people over the age of, like, 65. Yeah. That's I think that's I, where like the, the mortality rate really spikes. I, I eat my vegetables. I do my push-ups. I'm in, I'm in pretty good health. I go to the doctor regularly. I feel pretty confident. I might I hop on one of these little uh, little $70 flights. Just take like a little weekend trip somewhere. But that's the I wanted to say, man. Wash your hands, man. Stop being nasty. Wash your hands. Soap and water. Soap and water. Emphasize the soap. And the water. Please, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your damn hands. Um, Alright. That's uh, pretty much all I got. So, let's just jump right into the, uh, the thick of things. The shenanigans. The greatness. That was UFC 248. Which went down last night. Uh, headlined by Israel Adesanya and Yoel Romero. Um, what what to say about this fight? Um, well, I, I'll say off top, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not too surprised that this fight went the way it did. I'm a little disappointed, but at the same time, like, not really. <clears throat> um, we've talked about Romero before on this podcast many a times that he is known to flat out just take rounds off. Um, if you go back and fun. watch... Yeah, that's where my disappointment came in. Like, if you go back and watch the Whitaker fights, like, he might take the first, like, two rounds off, and then in, like, round three, he'll start to kick it up, and then, like, by round four, he's in full gear. Like, he's he's going. Um, So I was disappointed a little bit in that aspect that he never turned it on at all. Like, he did just kind of take the whole fight off. I mean, like, he... He tried to explode a couple times, like he, I think he, he caught uh, Adesanya with like a, a hard left or threw a hard left and, you know, tagged him a little bit, but like there was nothing, there were not really many moments in this fight at all, like there wasn't a whole lot to grasp onto, but at the same time, I, I think I had such a high off this card that I almost didn't care, like my main event, I got what I wanted out of my main event, um. Jane Gang in the building. We'll get to that in a second. But my main event delivered. So this for me was just like icing on the cake if it if it happened to go well. And it was just kind of an average timid kickboxing match, I guess. Um but not surprising. Romero is not if you don't really like heavily engage him, he's content to just kinda chill out for a little bit. 
Adesanya is not the guy who gets into wild brawls and, you know. Or e even so, like, you kind of, if, if you want Adesanya to, to open up, you kind of have to come forward to him. Like, like kind of like how Gastelum did. Like, he came forward and gave reason to Adesanya to really have to fire back because Gastelum was, like, always in his face, throwing hands, throwing combinations. But neither one of them in this fight, when they met each other, they both were just kind of chilling, just... You know, I'm going to throw a leg kick here and there. He did bust up Romero's leg pretty bad, but it just wasn't, wasn't a whole lot going on. But at the same time, I just, I don't know. It, it was what it was. Like, I, I'm honestly not really too mad at this. I'm actually more confused at some of the aftermath. Like, I saw people <laughs> trying to blame Adesanya for how boring the fight was. And I was kind of confused at that because... And my logic, if you're the challenger and you're trying to take the belt, you definitely can't sit back and just not do anything. Like, You know what? Nine times out of ten, I would agree with you. But Israel Adesanya called for this fight, and he called it for with the, speci the specific intent of knocking his, uh, Yoel Romero out. Um, yeah, that's true. This is true. <clears throat> so, like... Um, but, uh, like, I'm not going to blame him for realizing that Romero hits hard as fuck and is, like, impossible to read, um, and then just closing to a decision. Um, a decision he might not have even earned, if we're being honest. But, um, like, I, I can't be mad at people for being upset with him. But, like, you, you called out a dude who was on a two-fight losing streak. Um, even though I thought he, he had a strong argument for winning both of those fights, um, Romero, that is. Um, and then you go out there and you you you, uh, you, you look tepid. Um, so, like, I can't be mad at people for being mad at him, but, like, the people asking that, you know, the UFC cut Romero and Adesanya, like, y'all need to calm the fuck down. It's, 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 it's the fight game. This happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> We we we've honestly seen worse. Oh hell yeah! We've seen much worse than this. We, we've seen way worse. Oh, one hundred percent. But yeah. uh, you're 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 a hundred percent on Izzy. Like he he. Like. This like this is how like a lot of kickboxers are. Like if, you know they they get like they get tagged, um and then they just they slow the fight down, um to like a pace where they can try to win it. Um, they don't really wretch it up if they don't have to. Um, like, we, we laugh at your Will Romero literally just standing in one spot, rocking back and forth for, like, the entire opening minute of this fight. He did that little shimmy. I appreciated that. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he he, really, he broke out the 52 block style for this one. Uh, <laughs> lots of voguing, um... Lots of arm waving. My favorite was he got uh, he was getting leg kicked in like the fourth or fifth round, and literally you know how like your body just shifts to the side because it's trying to catch itself. Right. He's kind of he swayed his arms, like he was doing the wave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great, but but like Izzy works best when he can get either like bite on his feints and like <clears throat> stick you at range, and this is that that. Like Romero will no sell everything. 
He doesn't care. He's he's fucking weird. And he's content to just stare at you for like 25 minutes. I feel like it was one of those fights where they both had like the same like, well, he's not going to engage and I'm not going to engage. And Adesanya's probably thinking, well, I'm the champ, so they're probably going to score these rounds for me. And Yoel's like, well, I exploded one time in this round, so I'm going to get the score. Yeah. And everybody was just content to just kind of just, <laughs> we're just going to chill out because I think I did enough. And I don't know. That's what we got. Well, like from Romero's perspective, like he, he's a guy who finds out how he's going to fight the fight in the middle of the fight. Like he didn't start the the uh, the Luke Rockhold fight pressuring him. But by like the third round, he's like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to walk him down and see what happens. Um, he, like he he didn't start the um, he didn't start the second uh, uh, Whitaker fight until like you know he 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 realized that like oh if I take two rounds off I can fight really hard in the last three rounds. Um, and then like the uh the, the Paul Costa fight like he didn't start that fight a counter puncher but by the end of it he was countering in combinations. Off the back foot, which is wild, because he ended up hurting Costa. Hmm. Like this is a dude, like, but like here against Adesanya, like Adesanya stayed so far outside, rarely if ever tried to close the pocket. Like, like there was nothing, like there was just nothing for him to read either. It was like, it was a bizarro world fight. Which made it interesting, but not particularly fun. Um, yeah, it, it was a little, I ain't going to say tense. I was waiting kind of for a moment that I thought was eventually going to happen. And I, I never got that moment. But, yeah, like you said, like these fights, just, they just happen sometimes. It You, you can place blame on both parties, I guess. Um, no, no, you made a good point about Izzy did call out for the fight. So I guess you would expect him to kind of have a little more oomph. But, yeah, neither one of them had the oomph that I think we were looking for. But, it is what it is. Um, I'm pretty sure the uh, Paulo Costa fight, if we get that, will be uh, pretty fun. Why does Paulo Costa look like a Brazilian Johnny Bravo wearing that shirt <laughs> with that hair that he had? What was going on? With oh him? wait, hold up! Did you see that picture of him with uh with one of the Paul brothers? Yes, <laughs> and his arms were like his arms were bigger than my fucking head. Yeah, like but it, like again, uh, I think I tweeted Kueka, uh Carnage about it. Like he has my legs. But it's carrying around Eddie right. Hall's arms. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it is. He is built like a cartoon character. It's it is a, weird. Like he's he's out here. He's chasing Stipe, man. Fuck it. Give me Paul Costa. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Test his arms for. Usada needs to test his arms. Just a lot of bench curls, <laughs> a, a lot of uh, bench pressing. Yeah. Uh, no squats. Yeah, no, no squats. No, no deadlifts. Uh, no, no deadlifts. No box jumps. Nothing. Nothing that involves the legs really. Uh, really moving anywhere. It is like I punch with my arms. What? What? 
why would I, why would I need my legs? <laughs> but yeah, it's not really a lot to break down in this main event. Like, it was just kind of a very timid kickboxing match where both dudes were just spent the whole fight kind of reading each other, but nobody really jumped the gun <clears> to really do anything. And we got what we got. Izzy uh, retained his title, so you know, congrats to him. I feel like this fight was karma for giving Romero the title shot coming off of two losses. That's my theory. MMA gods came to enact some punishment. We couldn't have too much. We were having way too much fun that tonight, and I, they just like halfway through the prelims, I realized these fights are just getting better. So that means the Yo Romero fight is going to be just nothing but weird yeah. shenanigans. <laughs> Because that's how this goes. You, yeah. you can't have every single fight be like great. Like, because like literally the fights did get like exponentially, but especially like the main card. Like Oliver Griffin was was a good fight, and then Magny puts on his performance against the Leech. Darius and Drakkar was just madness. <laughs> Shang and Joanna was an instant classic, and it's like, all right, how do we? Where do we go from here? How does this night get better? It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It gets weirder. Yeah. But it is what it is. Shout is to Sonny. He still got the belt, so I guess at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Hopefully uh, him and Paulo Costa get the, uh, get, the, get the throw down. I hope Costa keeps the Johnny Bravo look going. It's, it's weird, but I don't know. It's, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But moving on. Moving on. Shout outs to uh, all of the Zhang Gang affiliates uh, all over the world. I was really happy on Twitter uh, to see how deep we were, to see the support, to see the the, 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 the togetherness we had. I felt like I was part of a family. Like a, a lot of us were on the same wavelength. I appreciated it. But um, Weili Zhang, Strawweight Championship versus Joanna and Jacek. Man. Um, this was definitely one of those fights that I wasn't scoring while I was watching. Like I was trying to score it, but I was like, "Bro, I don't know. I don't know who the hell's winning this fight." Like, <laughs> I have no, I have no idea who's winning this fight. I think the only round that I felt like halfway comfortable scoring was the fifth round. Yeah, that I gave to Jane. That was the only round I felt comfortable scoring. I mean, I, all. I, 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 I scored the fight during, but like I was also in the mindset of like every single one of these rounds could be wrong. Yes. <laughs> this was a rare instance where I rewatched the fight muted and I got more confused. Like <laughs> the mute muting did not help rewatching this at all. But, like, a, a lot of that was just because like a lot of the force you could hear on like Jang's punches. Like Yeah. This was like what a like God! What a fight! Was just, this is e easily one of the best UFC title fights ever. Easily one of the best MMA fights ever. So Bro, far, this is probably fight of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely fight of the year. Like th this is the bar for the rest of the year, and honestly, God, I'm not sure anybody's gonna reach it. Um, mm -mm. Mm -mm. It's just it, instant classic. Um, and. Yeah, props to Joanna. Um, she ate like a lot. Like, um, but we, we we've seen her rocked and we've seen her dropped by like Carolina Kovačević and Claudia Gadella. 
Uh, obviously, she got knocked out by Rose, but, you know, she she managed to avoid getting hit clean in the rematch. But she got tag-tagged here. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and not just once, but, like, repeatedly throughout, throughout the entirety <laughs> of the 25 minutes. Um, that right hand from, uh, from Zhang, from, uh, when, when she would decide to either throw it off a counter, especially off of, uh, Joanna's jab, but, or, or, or off a kick, but, like, just when she decided to just throw the right hand, um, because Joanna was just planting her feet at, um, in range, um, she connected with it so mm-hmm. often, so cleanly, and, like, you could hear that thud when when it um, when it landed um the the thing that um probably won it for Zhang was the power differential um like Joanna hits hard but like she she is not a one shot not like she is in the cumulative striker um the closest I think she's ever come to one shotting anybody in the UFC anyway. I know she uh she one shot at Terra La Rosa in uh, Cage Warriors, but in the UFC I think the closest she got was when she knocked down Gadella in their first fight, um, with that uppercut to at the end of the first round. Um and you know, Gadella got up and arguably won the other the next two rounds and won the fight. Um But uh like from a te- like uh Whenever they got to the pocket, it was just such a wild freaking experience because, like, you didn't know what they were going to do. Like, Zhang threw a leg kick. At the same time, Yoana throws a head kick and, like, catches her. And, like, Yoana is literally leaning back at, like, a a 45-degree a, a angle while this is happening. And it's wild. For me, that's what made this fight so hard to score is that, like, Every they both had moments, and they were just const, constantly just back and forth. Like, Yoana plants and throws like a two piece and finishes with a leg kick, but then Zhang eventually like counters and hits a power shot, and then she throws a leg kick, and then like she'll back Yoana up for a second because her <laughs> her fists are just made of like bricks, and then she's the one walking Yoana down, but then Yoana fires back, and then she's the one walking Zhang down, and it's just back and forth, back and forth tug of war, just. Nobody really wants to give it. Like, they were just... Yeah, like, every single time somebody landed, the other person was firing back almost immediately. Yeah. Um, like, uh, the thing that I think won it for Zhang, and they, I, I think if they do a rematch, I think she can improve on, um, were the, po- the, the extended pocket exchanges. Um, like, like, like I said, that power differential, just like when you can plant your feet and put more weight into your shots. They're just going to land different if you, um, if you guys are just like meeting like with uh, with only like a foot a foot and a half of distance between the two of you. Hmm. Um, she she refused to give Joanna the kicking range. Um, she would kick Joanna. She she battered that lead leg. Um, they both did of each other. Um, like with those lead uh, those inside leg kicks to the lead leg of Joanna. Hmm. Um, like it was it was very bruised up on the inside. Um, the, counter the one game, thing, the counter game was so on point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it wasn't a, uh, it was it wasn't a thing that happened every single time. But like when when she could get a beat on Joanna's first strike, like I said, like that jab especially, she was countering it with like ferocity. 
Um, God, like the the one thing I really want to see her improve on is that left hook because like the mechanics that she was like she got I think she got better by the end of the fight, which was weird to me, but like they were very both. Um, and Yuana's been like this her entire like her entire kickboxing and MMA career. They were very both like up in the pocket, um, to the point where like it was a lot. It was a bit of arm punching. Like I, I really like to see. Um, and I think Zhang has like uh, a better like they they would throw their combinations and like Zhang's lead back foot would um would slide forward when she would throw the hook. And that took a lot of the snap off of it, which is wild because, you know, she was landing brick fist to Yoanda's face. And we'll talk about Yoanda's head in a second. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like, if, if she can learn to just keep her stance in the pocket and, like, you know, just move her uh, to pivot a little bit more, um, you know, put a little bit of weight on that hook, she, will, she would have knocked Yoanda out. Like yeah. 100%. I, I feel like, and not not to jump too far ahead, but I was, uh, shout out to my Jay, I was talking to him last night um, about like, they, uh, they, they're they going to have to rematch because this fight was just way too good and way too close for them to not rematch. But I feel like out of the two, like, Joanna is like world, super world class, like top of the top, top of the top, <laughs> creme de la creme, whatever you want to call it. But I think we kind of know what Joanna is. Like, her game plan doesn't really change from fight to fight. Like, I'm going to use a lot of footwork. I'm, I'm Nine times out of ten, I'm a much better technician than you. And eventually, I'm just going to overwhelm you. And there's not going to be anything you can do about it. But, like, it, it doesn't really change much from fight to fight. And I feel like Zhang is the one who has, like, improvements that she can definitely make. And her improvements, I think, could lead to, like you said, like, getting a stoppage. Like... I think if she had a, a bit better, maybe footwork, and maybe was able to just like slip a few punches rather than eat them in the pocket and maybe counter her that way, she probably could have got a finish, or at least had more moments where she was able to like back you on up. Yeah. Um, so I, I think a rematch, I don't say heavily favors Jane, but if she's able to make those improvements, uh, I think she could she give you on a lot of a lot of issues. So here's the thing that's really just like Jang is she started her career in like 2013, so like she is just now entering her prime. Um, but like at the same time, it feels like she's still learning as she's going because you know she fought a lot of not amazing competition in China, just people she was able to physically overwhelm. Right. Um. And she's carried a little bit, a little bit of that through to the uh, UFC. Um, but wow, um, uh, like it feels like from fight to fight, like her techniques improving. I think that has a lot to do with just like her improving her, um, <clears throat> her what you call it, her, uh, you know, because like she is the uh, the, uh, the her strength and conditioning. Because I think yeah. she's just able to do more. Um, like I know we harp on technique a lot, but like if your body is not able to do the things it needs to do in order to have good technique, which is you know posture, uh, keep proper posture, uh, keep um, 
you know, put, have some snap on a lot of those punches, be able to move with the speed and, uh, you know, control that you need, like, you, you, like your technique's not going to improve. Um, mm. And, like, I, I think that a lot of, like, the strength and conditioning is just really paying off for um, Yeah, because they, this is a rabid pace to uh, go for five rounds. Th- this and... is her first five round fight. Five round, and she looked great. Like, I mean, you're going to slow down eventually. It's a fight, like, and especially in a war like this, you're going to slow down eventually. But she never slowed down to, like, a crawl. Like, and I felt like, like, like I said, that, that fifth round that I scored for her, she was getting, like, a second win. Like, it was starting to come back a little bit. She, she, she tapered off a little bit, but. Any time, like, she landed something that gave her confidence, like, she got right back yeah, in there. Yeah, she sparked, yeah, got right back in, like, it, it lit the fuse again. Like, she was, she was ready to go again. Like and... the, the the early the first two rounds was where Yoana starting strong like you like finding ways to get in and out of range and tag Zhang and then Zhang would like land like a right hand and then all of a sudden like she was just keeping pace with Yoana right which not many people can really <laughs> do like there aren't a lot of fighters who can just and straight and, and like a straight up just striking match who can just hang with Yoana for five rounds and really make it, like, that competitive. Um, like, not... I, 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 we can't understand how impressive that is. Because, like, Yoana Yajajic's arguably the best-conditioned fighter in the history of the sport. Like, and I say that with 100% seriousness. Like, her performance against, like, Koya Gadella, where she loses those first two rounds, gets, like, beat up, taken down... Um, knocked down at a point in that fight. Um, get not gets knocked down the third round. In fact, um, but manages to go on and put like a, a, a like to throw like two hundred to three hundred strikes in the last yeah. three minutes. She became like a super. <laughs> she turned into like a superhuman in those last three rounds. Yeah, like like, like she is absolutely one of the best conditioned fighters in the history of the sport. And Jane kept pace with her, and especially also considering that. Then uh, you know, I'm I'm ride I ride hard for Whaley on Twitter. <laughs> I had some some back and forth with with a few people, but I, like one of the narratives and a fair narrative, which is normally the case for Joanna, like nine times out of the ten, nine times out of ten against anybody she fights, probably not named uh, Shevchenko, she's just gonna be the better striker. Like the technique is just is way too clean, it's too crisp, and you know, a lot, a lot of the narrative I heard about Zhang is like, oh, she's she's just getting by, like, on power. But, like, it's not... that That's what people were telling me. I disagreed, but, you know. That, that was the narrative, that she's just getting by on power. It's not really, like, great technique or, you know... That, that is 100% false. Yeah, that's false. <laughs> if you believe uh, that, this fight had to had change your mind. Because you don't put on a performance like that against Joanna and not have great technique. Albeit, like I said, it's not... It's not the best technique ever. It it can be improved upon, but it's really really good. Couple that with the power, it's a problem for pretty much anybody. Um, nah, yeah, this fight. Well, hold on, yeah. Before we get off, we gotta that head. Yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> we we promised uh... Joe. We promised Joel that we, we'd find things to compare. 
Yo, why didn't you enjoy Chex's head? Right, her head looked like a mix between like E.T. and Bobby's world. Like that. Hematoma first started, because the first, the first, the, the the nastiest hematomas I've ever seen in life were Mark Hominick's and um and Hasim Rahman's from back in the day, and I was trying to think, I was like, is this the worst one I've ever seen? And like, I feel like um like Hominick's and Rahman's were bad in that like how far they stuck out of the head. But I felt like Yoana's was worse because it, like, it was like the shape of her head, like, changed. Yes. Like, she went from, like, a normal head to, like, she was slowly morphing into Stewie Griffin. Like, it was, <laughs> her, her head was slowly, like, <laughs> it was slowly just transforming. And I, I've never seen that before. Uh, how do you fix that? Like. Did your head eventually just go back? Is that like a permanent thing now? She's just gonna be stuck with the the Hey Arnold? Like <laughs> it's it's it, it, it's all blood and like it, it's it's essentially one bad bruise, right? But her orbital is fucked because it wasn't God. just her forehead; it was like her cheek was sticking out, like underneath yeah. her eye. Like, good God, woman. Like, like she, she, like, like she looks like a lot of like the strange motherfuckers I see at Walmart at like three o'clock in the morning, who are like on hardcore drugs as they walk around the store. <laughs> it has been for like twenty years. Like, you remember that cartoon Street Sharks? <laughs> <laughs> guilty laughing at the shape of her head if it wasn't for all the shit she was talking uh in the lead up to this fight oh yeah, um, yeah we didn't yeah we didn't even mention that yeah she 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 crossed the line between trash talking like all right now you're doing a little too much now which she has repeatedly done in the past yeah yeah oh man jang going to shut up at her uh wins on uh friday or was it thursday i don't even remember but that that was that was one of the best like shutdown moments just just plain simple just like shut the fuck up all right <laughs> you gonna catch these hands tomorrow uh, gonna, and I'm, you know what I, i'll give it to Joanna because like this isn't like the rose fight where she lost the decision and was instantly like i won that that's bullshit she, she, and, uh, she took this one well. She took this one well. I, I think she was like, you know, I gave my all. My face is, I, I look like a gray. <laughs> uh, this, this is, this, uh, like, I, I just got a, it's shaped like a balloon. <laughs> like, like, how did that happen? Those before and after pictures are scary. God. <laughs> it's 
like the old GoldenEye game, they had the big head mode. <laughs> like, <laughs> she got Jesus Christ, man. I hope she's all right this morning. Like, I hope. Yeah, like, I, I, like, I, I can't get imagine. a do like, get, her, her get ice and just put a do rag over it and just tie it down. Like, just like I'm looking at her, like her orbital has to be shattered. Like no other way that makes like yeah. her face like that. Um, that was. Oof. We probably will not be seeing her for a while. Nah, and, right, and we and, should. And, and rightly so. Um, yeah, go go heal up, man, because that that was. I mean, like, Zhang was busted up, too. Don't get me wrong. Like, they both took some... Oh, yeah, like, her they, eye yeah. was closed, but, like... Yeah, but I ain't never seen... Man. Um, real quick, something I want to address before we, we move on. Um, that I, I mentioned on Twitter. I don't I find it weird. I, I wish I would have thought this earlier because I spent more time on it. But, I don't know. I, I find it weird that people are, like, becoming fans of Wei Li just because of her English getting better. Yeah. That's really weird to me. I don't I mean, get it. Not wrong. Like I get it, but I don't get it. Like, um, as, like, if anybody who's listening has followed, um, Wei uh, Wei Li on like Instagram or any social media, you know she's a charming fucking person. Right. Like, it doesn't always come through. Um. Uh, you know, in the ink, uh, like, uh, be, I guess this is always translate for people, but like, to, like, there's a woman who, before she learned to speak English, was calling John Jones Mr. Bones. Yeah, like, you can just, you can see it. Like, yeah. it's just, it's really subtle, but you, you can see it. Like, you don't, she doesn't have to speak a full blown English conversation for you to kind of get a gist of, like, what her personality is like. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, she seems like a nice person. Like, a really nice person. Like, e- even, like, before, like, she was speaking English, she's just, like, you do, like, what her translator was saying. Right. But, like, I think... Uh, MMA has a lot of, like, shitty fans. Um, and that's not to say, like, people who didn't connect with Wei Li before, you know, she started speaking English are shitty. But, like, there are people who, like were pissed, super pissed that Jose Aldo never learned to speak English and held it against him his has have held it against him his entire career. Yeah, it's it's a strange thing. Um it's... yeah, like um yeah, like, I imagine they're the same people who are upset that like Parasite won like the Academy Award for Best Picture. Like it's like I don't want to read subtitles. I don't want to have to listen to you to a translator. I want to be able to, like, you know, understand you one-on-one. But, like, there are also people who probably don't speak another language. Or, like, are are around people who speak other languages. So it it angers them when, like, they're the people who go to, like, I don't know, like, Paris in the summer and then is upset that nobody speaks English. Yeah, or well, the people who are like, they're riding like public transportation, and somebody else is having a side conversation in like Spanish, and it just like boils their blood. Yeah, and it's like, shut up, dude, <laughs> shut up. There was a woman who came to my library. Um, she she comes all the time. She speaks Urdu. Um, like with her kid. Um, and they they both speak English. Like they they both speak both. Um, 
But like it, it, we were having an event, and like, some outside lady who came from one of the snooty rich towns in like um, Upper Bergen County, where like all the rich white people live. Hmm. Literally, it was like literally went to her as she was speaking to her kid in Urdu, and was like, "You should really teach him English." And she turned to him, it, like, I, she has way more self control than I would, because I would have turned to her and said, "Bitch, what did you say?" Right. <laughs> Don't get choked out in this book aisle. Exactly. <laughs> uh, like the, the, I imagine the people who are who didn't like Jane before are are like that woman. Uh, like, better like a, a lot. Better a, a lot of them anyway. But yeah, better better like her now. See what she'll do to your head. Turn you want that? Yeah, turn you into a freaking alien. Yeah, look like Paul. You ever seen that movie? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna leave you on that alone. <laughs> but shout outs to Whaley Jang. Jang Gang holding strong, man. I love it. I love it. Ah, that that fight just ah ah that made me that fight made me feel good. Like I was really tired watching that card, and that fight just put some energy back in my soul that I needed. It eventually got sucked out by the main event, but you know. Point is, <coughs> excuse me, that fight gave me life, man. Jang Gang in the building. Shout outs to all the, the Jang Gang members. We, we we got one. We got one. But amazing fight, instant classic. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, if there's anything you go back and rewatch from this card, definitely go back and watch that fight. Amazing, 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 amazing. Moving on to another fight. Pretty amazing. The finish, definitely the finish. <laughs> Might have been the fight of the night had it not been for, uh... Yeah. Zhang, uh, uh, Ioana. Yeah. Benil Dariush and Drakkar Close. Um, boy, did I not see this ending coming. Um, I was either thinking coming into this fight that either Close was gonna get the knockout, or... What happened in the first round would end the fight. Like, he would have ended up just getting a choke. Um, <clears throat> but uh, life had some other plans. But they, they came out the gate just just kind of slinging it. And then eventually, uh, I think Darius, uh, he took him down. They kind of grappled with each other for a bit. And then Darius ended up getting his back. And pretty much spent, like, the entirety of the first round <laughs> on Dracar's back. It, it, it's, it, it's worth... Like it, it was standing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, uh, you burn out. You you can really burn out your legs if your opponent is like standing and you are like on their back because the only thing keeping you up is your body triangle. Yeah. So he had that locked in for like a solid three and a half minutes <laughs> while he's trying to sink in this choke. Uh, and good good job on Jakar. I thought he was gonna be out of there a couple times, but uh, he managed to, to fight the hands and he he lived to see another day. And you would think, like, all right, you you survived the worst of probably what can happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> you would think <laughs> that you survived the worst. I thought I thought he was gonna come out in the second round. He's gonna be like, all right, the 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 BJJ guy couldn't submit me, so I'm gonna come out in the second round and I'm gonna put hands on him and I'm gonna, you know, he wasn't leave. wrong. He yeah, he wasn't. He did. He, he, he clocked him a couple times. He, he stung him with a a straight right that backed him up a little bit, and he caught him with another right. And it's looking like, all right, Jakar's about to, he's about to end it. But, uh, 
Derek, you should not, bro. Uh, <laughs> like, he rushes in to go swarm. Uh, he got countered and hit like the. He hit him with a right hook that like just fucking set set him backwards, and then Darius like in typical RDA Rafael Cardello fashion marches him down, and it just hits him with an overhand left and just kills the man. Mouthpiece halfway out, just. <laughs> Just destroyed. Uh, apparently, Jakar. that happened on like that was close. Like close, like popped the mouthpiece out because he was trying to get more air. Uh, that's that's what it sounded like from commentary. But like, yeah, his mouthpiece was literally like halfway hanging out of his mouth. Like, like I'm, I'm actually surprised I'm, it didn't fly. Out. I'm looking at a photo of him like just like going down, and like his eyes are still on Dariush. But he is quite clearly not yeah, he's, seeing anything right now. Mm, he is out of there. Boy, that that, <laughs> that first, <laughs> that right that started that off, that stunned uh, Jakar, when he made him do like a, <laughs> I don't know, he did like a mini James Brown shuffle for like two seconds. Where like, his upper body like leaned back and his feet did like this little like, I don't know. I want somebody to put that on loop. It probably would be like a good dance. But uh, the legs definitely went chicken. Uh, yeah, I felt bad for Jakar, man. Like <laughs> he survived getting submitted by a guy who you definitely don't want on your back. You come out second round on fire, and then it all just comes crashing down. Hmm. Mm. First time he's been knocked out, right? Um, yeah, I think it's the first time he's been stopped. Um, let me check. Mm. Uh, yeah, first first time he's been stopped. His only second loss in his career. He lost to David Tamor. Um, like I kind of feel bad for Klaus because, like, yeah, uh, after that Tamor fight where he basically just complained the entire time that Tamor would not brawl with him so that he could take him down. Um, he he really he's been showing out like. You know, yeah, he's got some really solid wins. Yeah, like Bobby Green, Lando Venata, uh, Christos Yagos. Um, before the Tamor fight, he he had beaten Mark DeCasey. Yeah, Casey. Um, but like he 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 had the fight won here, man. He did. He he had Darius on the back foot. You just can't go reckless for the finish like that. Um, just like and. You know, brilliant uh, adjustment by Darius, who has only a second knockout win, but like both uh, in the UFC anyway. But both of them have been absolutely spectacular. Because mm. yeah. you remember who he knocked out before. I feel like I have that video on my Facebook. <laughs> who was it? It, it, it was the Mister Lowlight himself, James Vick. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And you know when he falls, this. Timber. Yeah, it's a sight to see, boy. It takes him eight seconds to get knocked out. <laughs> God, good one for Darius, man. I, I like Darius. Like, I feel bad for Darius because if he was a better athlete, he'd be a champion in his division. He is very, very good. Yeah. But, like, unfortunately, the division has people like Alexander Hernandez and Edson Barbosa who are just 
ridiculous athletes and who are just faster and more explosive than he is. Oh, well, real quick, I, I don't actually I forgot to put that in the notes, but I'll throw it in now because you mentioned it. Speaking of Barboza, yeah, has to be released. Yeah, can't blame That's him. To... Can't blame him. Right. Probably realized that featherweight was a stupid idea, um, and that he wasn't going to go anywhere as a lightweight, so he might as well try to bank in on that sweet, sweet PFL millionaire money. I was going to say, boy, go to Rosin with them kicks. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that too. Hell, a I, soccer I, kick I, from Barboza? I'd love to see him fight um, uh, Michael Chandler, Patricio Pitbull. I, I, yep. I don't know if those fights happen because I don't know if Pitbull is cool with fighting other Brazilians. But uh, I'd be happy with those fights. I'd be happy to see... <gasps> I'd be happy to see him fight um, uh, Douglas Lima. Mm. There's a fight. Let's do it. Hey, yeah, release that man. Let him go have fun. I mean, yeah, like, like he's been in the company for ten years. Like he does. Like, I, I don't think it'd be healthy for him to stay in the UFC lightweight division just because, like, there are so many bad matchups for him. Like, the top three fighters in that division right now are. Tony Ferguson, Khabib Nurmagomedov, and uh, Justin Gaethje, and what, all nightmares, all, all <laughs> nightmare matchups for him, and all dudes who've already beaten him. So like, yeah, like, I, like Barbosa, another dude I feel bad for because he fought at like any division up, like champ, champ. <laughs> he might, he'd probably be champ with the same skill set, like, but like, he was born. In the unfortunate time where he has to share a time, uh, like a, a, a space with Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov, and that's just not fair. Yeah. Mm. But but props props to Darius, just absolute. Uh, way to way to shine on a card where like every fight was good and you still managed to like stand out. Like. Shout out to everybody on this card, man. <laughs> the winners, the losers, like well, all right, co-main event. Main, I mean, main event, y'all, y'all get like a slow clap. Uh, everybody else, y'all were great. <laughs> the winners, the losers, I enjoyed everything. Um, man, moving on to the next fight. What's well, a two-year layoff? Neil Magny versus the Leech. Felt. Conflicted during this fight because uh, nah, my heart was Jiang... broken. Like I like yeah. Neil Magny, but my heart was broken, man. Yeah, the leech is the homie, man. Lee Lee Jiang, uh, Jing Jing. Ah, I said it wrong. Shing <laughs> <laughs> Leon Lee. Um, we've praised him a lot on this podcast, especially about how much he's improved over the last few years. Really, like rounded his game out. He's been looking really sharp his last few fights. Seemed like everything was like really coming together, and we insert Neil Magny, who hasn't fought since like 2018. The last time we saw him, he got knocked out by uh, Ponzinibbio, and Magny comes in off a two-year layoff and just puts a clinic <laughs> on the leech. Like outside of the moment, I think that was in the first where um they were like coming off of a clinch and uh. Lee caught him at like a right hand or something that kind of like stunned him and backed him up a little bit. That was like the only moment he had during like the fight. After that, it was all Neil Magny just jabbing him, 
throwing knees, taking him down, beating him up, constant pressure, always in his face, jab, knee, take, like, Magny was, was, was doing work. And <laughs> shout out to both fighters who somehow took two-year layoffs and came back, like, better than we've ever seen them. Um, this, this, this has to be, like, a top Magny performance. Because he, he looked really sharp. It looked like this this time away has definitely done him some good. Yeah. Like, it's not like he was hurt. He was still out there training. Um, but, yeah, no, this is uh, just really, really good stuff. Like, um, and just terrible game, uh, just big bad brain stuff from the leech like yeah when he was going for takedowns i was like huh like it's been a while since we've seen jing leong like turn into a wrestler like maybe since he was on the regional scene like he's definitely wrestled in the ufc but like not out like straight up like i have to be attached to you uh like you know he, he got his nickname fighting in china because he was a wrestler Right. When he got to UFC, he realized that wasn't going to work, so he became a boxer. Um, he probably should have stuck with that. Like, in, in all fairness, Maggie was tagging the shit out of him on the feet. Um, mm-hmm. Just some really good manipulation stuff, tripling up on that jab, getting uh, Jing Liang's head in the proper position to, like, uh, really just make, uh, make him pay for moving it. Um, like... Pr- like the, the proper thing for Lee to have done was to you know stay inside the uh, the center of the cage, um, you know maybe go for more leg kicks uh, against a dude who's historically not been adept at handling them. Uh, but no, like it it was just a really really good performance from Magny. Uh, the the tie ups in the clinch especially were, um, you know concerning. Uh, if you're Jing Leong's team, to me he looked a lot more like fluid than I've seen him before. He looked more athletic. Yeah, because like I'm used to Magny looking like a tryhard. Right, like he he looks like the he's like the apex of like I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but he's like the he's like the apex of like the working man's fighter. Like, I'm not really, like, a natural athlete. I don't have any of these crazy attributes other than, like, my cardio is kind of wild and he, he does have pretty good reach. Um, but, like, yeah, like, nothing about him, like, really physically, like, stands out. Besides his size, yeah. Yeah, besides his size. But, like, his skill set is, like, it's, it's, it's not anything, like, really crazy. It, like, he, like, he has no specialty. He is good enough in every area. And he can fight. He can take a punch, and he can fight really hard for like five rounds. That that is Neil Magny, but here he looks like he he like not even like like the technical level absolutely, but he looked fluid. He looked strong. He looked athletic. Like he looked fast in certain like in certain spots. Like it, it was really weird. Um, you know, especially coming off that suspension. Um. But it was easily best performance from that standpoint of his career. Because um, like, it's really hard to grade some of his other best wins. Because like, how do you, how do you grade a win in 2017 over Carlos Condit or a Johnny Hendricks who hasn't made weight in God knows how long, or the declining Hector Lombard? Like, 
it's hard to get a grasp on like where he really is at right now, uh, or, or how, where his previous wins have been. Like the best one was probably Kelvin Gastelum, and it's a fight he arguably lost. Mm. Um, but like, it, it's just this was so I'll say this is best performance because he he looked good everywhere. Yeah, he did. That that time away I think really helped because he was another one of those guys too who was like fighting like eight times a year. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I think sometimes you do just kind of need to just take a break. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Just go work on your craft. Go get stronger. Go get faster. Go. Go tune. Just go fine tune yourself. Right. Like, and there, there's something to be said for keeping active schedule that keeps you in fight camps because fight camp is where you get better. But like Neil Magny seems like the type of guy who doesn't need a fight camp as an excuse to go to the gym and train hard. Like that's right. just going to be his life. Yeah, no, he's definitely putting in the work. <clears throat> Clearly putting in the work. Uh, man, sorry, Leech. I kind of feel bad now. Like I can't, I can't call Magni an overachiever anymore. Like he, he's just a solid fighter. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, yeah. I think he shed that. Uh, he shed that. He's <laughs> he, he's earned his spot. He's definitely earned his spot, and probably won some people money. Uh, considering he was the underdog coming into this fight. But uh, shout out to Neil Magny, man. Yeah, that that was a great performance, man. I was I was shocked, honestly. Did not expect him to just kind of run through Lee like that. Um, but shout out to the Leech, man. He's still the homie. Get we we'll get him next time. <laughs> and uh, I, don't, oh, I was gonna, I was gonna say, did we mention anybody who won? A, well, uh, y'all y'all know. Whatever, whatever. Magny won the decision. Yeah. Um, and rounding out the main card, uh, the fight that actually kicked off the main card. Uh, Alex Oliveira versus Max Griffin. By the way, the fight. Yeah. And it was, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what it was. Violent weight fight. Like, you know a Max Griffin fight. He's coming out. He's not really wasting time. Um, I do like, and they, they mentioned it during the the broadcast. Um, Alex Oliveira is good, like actually makes good use of his frame. Some people who are like lanky, kind of like he is, don't really like know how to use it. And he landed a lot of good leg kicks. That uh, that straight kick down the middle was was really good. He caught Max with a lot of like these just these long right hands that that he was catching Griffin with. Um, I don't have really a ton to say about this, but it was a really fun fight. It was a nice little back and forth scrap. Um, I think what kind of sealed it, I think for Oliveira, was that third round. He got uh, Max Griffin down, beat him up a little bit. Griffin did eventually, I think, ended up reversing him. But I think it was kind of too little too late. But great fight, though. Really good, just back and forth. Just the, this is the Like I said, the, this is the violent weight section of the welterweight. And these, these are two of the, the, the premium members. <laughs> just kind of just slugging it out. Yeah, um, yeah, Max Griffin's a personal favorite. Um, Cowboy used to be. Like, we'll talk about his situation after that fight. Um, but uh, yeah, no. How the fuck did Oliver ever make one hundred fifty-five? Yeah, that doesn't make sense (laughs) at all. Because dude is freaking huge, and like Griffin had all the trouble in the world trying to close distance on him. Um, managed to get him down the first round, and you know, take that round, but like. From this, like the second round and like large parts of the third round, Oliveira just tagged the crap out of him with whatever he wanted from range, and Griffin just ate it. Um, 
like cut him uh, like cut his face open and everything, which is another theme of the weekend where like nobody's face was safe. Um, because I, I think this was like the there were like four or five really bad like facial rearrangements this weekend. Um, yeah, uh, shouts to um Rodolfo Fierro on the prelims. Uh. Was the only one uh, that group of people who had their face rearranged who won? Um, but uh, great, yeah. Uh, Oliveira cut open uh, Griffin's uh, face with uppercut in the second round. Um, really bad. Like the the ref had to come in, uh, call the doctor and you know check on him and everything. Um, but he he he, he marched through it. Um, third round was super close, kinda. Um, Cowboy got the takedown early. Got did some work from the top, and then Griffin got the takedown, and he did, or got the reversal, got the sweep, um, and then he did some work from the top. Um, not a lot. Um, he they, they were both just dead tired by the end of the fight, um, and Oliveira walked away with split decision one. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't really have much else to <laughs> to add to that. Um, a nice quality volume we fight. It was a great way that like set the tone for the main card, and then things just got better and better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Total the main event, but you know, the violence was great while it lasted. <laughs> the main event where it got best, you mean? Uh, that was the the most technical fight of all time. We couldn't we couldn't appreciate the nuance yeah, exactly. <laughs> These guys were processing like like micro movements yeah. at, at a level never before seen in combat sports. <laughs> they both had like the full matrix program loaded in their heads and they just didn't want to attack each other. They were both just moving too fast for the eye to see. That's mm, what it was. The Dragon Ball Z fight. Exactly. <laughs> there we go. But nah, great, amazing main card, man. It was such a good main card. Like, from start to finish, there was just violence all over the place, man. Um, so, yeah, if you didn't get a chance to watch the main card, definitely, definitely, definitely go back and watch. Just watch every fight. Watch all of them. Even the main event. I don't care if it wasn't that good. Go, go watch that, too. Let, let the main event be a reminder of, you know, sometimes you just got to humble yourself. You know, we can't have fun all the time. But amazing main card, man. Shout-outs to everybody who fought. It was... It was a great time. I haven't been that entertained by that. I haven't been entertained that much by a main card. I felt like in a while, like that. That I felt like I got something. Just I just really appreciated it. I really, really appreciated what I was what I was watching. Um, that was the main card. Uh, moving on to the prelim spotlight, we'll highlight uh, just a few fights. Um, I guess. We can both chime in on this one. We got we got to highlight Sean O'Malley uh, versus Jose uh, Quiones. Um, Sean O'Malley, like Neil Magny, two-year layoff also, I believe. Yeah. Um, and apparently uh, two-year layoffs are the deal, are the thing. Um, I might have to take one. <laughs> if I could take a two-year layoff. Just come back to your job better than ever. Right. Like, <laughs> that, that's the pitch. You just go to your job and you're like, listen. If you give me two years off, I will come back and put in... I'll be so productive. Right. I'm pretty much a manager by the time I come back. You, you own the company. 
Yeah, like you can't even give me the same position. I've I've elevated. Like I've I'm I'm, I'm over you now actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's when I get fired. <laughs> but like, nah, man. Um, and I wasn't like. And to a degree, I, I still feel this way a little bit. Um, I wasn't like huge on the O'Malley bandwagon, and I'm not like a huge fan. But nah, he looked good for a two-year layoff. Like, what is ring rust? What is, you know, he looked sharp. He was moving really well. He looked, he looked confident. Um, like, I, that's as... Uh, go ahead. I'll just say, that, that's as good as you can look when you haven't fought in two years. You know, albeit I'm pretty sure he was still training. You know, Obviously, he was still training because... He was supposed to have a fight before this, wasn't he? I think so, and it got, like... It, push. Yeah, he was supposed to fight Marlon Vera at yeah. uh, UFC 239. Which we'll get to. He has a new fight. Uh, we'll get to that. But, yeah, no, nah, he, he looked great. He, he, yeah, that uppercut. Like, on one hand, like, uh, like, like, on one hand, Keon is a little built for, like, people like O'Malley. Like, super long, super, um, Athletic, but on the other, like that's what you want. You you if you got a prospect, you want him to look good. You throw him in there with somebody who he should be in dominant fashion. He did, and um, managed to get the stoppage, which he hasn't mm-hmm. done yet in the UFC. Um, not since uh he beat the dude on the uh, contender series. Um, I guess it's really like he looks sharp. Like the the finish, um, it was pretty damn good. Um. He uh he blocks a right hook from Jose Quinones, um, encounters with a right hook of his own that uh puts him on the ground. Uh Quinones gets up, immediately eats a head kick, goes down, ground to pound, it's over. Um wrap the head kick real nice around the he had to like come around the corner yep. <laughs> with the head kick. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um like, like uh o- O'Malley's weird because like he does not seem like a shitty person. But, like, all the hype around him is rubbing people, like, a, a few people the wrong way. Yeah, it makes them not like not like him. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there, there was a reporter who was like, yo, Reebok signed me for, like, this $10,000 deal, and, like, what I do is, like, I, I, I get them to give me children's Reebok shoes... And then I just give them out to kids in need. And he has like a whole bunch of them in his garage for like just to do that. Um, yeah, no. So like, I I find it like uh, like uh, people were making fun of his outfit from um. <laughs> like the the dude's a kid. He's a kid. He's a guy from Montana, man. Like leave him alone. Like he's figuring right. this shit out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He's having fun. Yeah, he, he he is having fun and figuring out uh, like how things work in not Montana. Is he like Chase Hooper if he was like edgy, so to speak? <laughs> That's the thing. Like O'Malley isn't even edgy. But yeah, I'll say like he's not. He's but like, like compared to Chase Hooper, boy. like like, like <laughs> they both exist in that same realm. Like yeah. if Chase Hooper was athletic. <laughs> <laughs> And dressed a little bit more ostentatious than the, yeah, they'd be the same. 
It's funny. It's funny that Chase Hooper gets like so much like because like I don't think he is um. I could be wrong, but I don't see him being like built for great things. I think he's gonna have like a solid. I think he can have like a solid UFC career, make like a make a decent living. But I'm not sure if he's ever gonna be a top fifteen fan of uh, featherweight. Though somebody did rank him. Did you see that? Or they they put him at fifteen? They, they put him in the rankings. Um, and he was like, "Yeah, no. Um, listen, I'm gonna be there one day, but not. I'm not there right now." So like at least he has that. Um, they both do actually. Uh, like one thing I appreciate that O'Malley said before, um, uh, during the week, uh, was that like he appreciates all the hype and all the love that people are giving him. But he also understands like the criticism. He's like, I haven't finished anybody in the UFC and I haven't really beaten anybody in the UFC. Um, yeah. Don't which I guess you can see as throwing shade at Andre Sukantat and Terrence Ware. But uh, he's not wrong, and he is is nice that he understands that about himself. Um, and he trains at like a great gym, like the MMA lab is. They 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 do amazing things with fighters who have less potential than Sean O'Malley. Um, like they they turn guys into like they turn regional guys into career UFC fighters. Um, which is. Um, which is really hard. It's really hard. Um, so props to them. Um, props to him. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I think I'll be more inclined to get behind. I just and it, I don't really have any ill will at him. I guess I'm just I'm not as hyped about him as everyone else. But I just want to see him do it against you know. And he's taking the right steps. He's fighting who he needs to fight when who he needs to win against. I mean, yeah, he's only like twenty. I just I'm just gonna sit and watch. Yeah. That's that's kind of my approach. I'm just gonna sit and watch. He's only 25. It's a third fight in the UFC, and like you said, it's coming off a two-year layoff. We should mention that the reason he had to take two years off was he tested positive for Osterine. I was gonna mention that, but I honestly forgot like what Osterine was. Uh, <laughs> it is an uh, selective androgen receptor modulator. Which I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but... it, it, it's dope. It's dope. It's it's there a, you go. It, it has it has effects that like it, it increases your physical stamina and fitness, potentially producing effects similar to anabolic steroids. So it, it helps you stay in the gym longer, I guess. Which is uh, which is what steroids no does. It's a no no. It's a, it's a hand slap. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, uh, whatever. I'm fine with it. Fuck it. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. <laughs> I ain't in the I'm gym. Done. I'm done with it. I'm I'm waiting for TRT tour to come back. <laughs> I want him to but... murder Brandon Vera. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, this prelim spotlight kind of hard. Um, I'll pick one more. Um, because all all these prelims are actually pretty good. Um. You know, I'm gonna give it to the very first fight of the night only because I don't even like remember this guy. Denai. He's fought in the. Yeah, Denai Rogel. Uh, he fought. He fought before, right? I want to say he fought on that card uh, on the China card where uh, Wei Li Zhang won the title. Uh, I mean, he lost to a, a wrestler out of China, but it was like the fight of the night. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I'll give my second prelim shoutouts to Denai Bat Bat Gorel. I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh, 
he put that left hand on Guido Canetti. And, uh, yeah. That was it. <laughs> Great knockout. Um, yeah, it was a good, that was a, when, when the card kicked off that way, I was like, oh, we, we in, we in for one tonight. Yeah. Uh, it was fan fantastic, um, knockout. Um, so I kind of like Quinetti. Quinetti's fun, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Baccarelle. Um, he, he, I, I thought he looked good in his first fight. Um, even though, you know, he, uh, you lose to a dude who's also making his UFC debut. And honestly, I, but honestly, I think Baccarelle probably has the higher ceiling for himself. Um, I, I don't know. I feel that way about like guys who come from countries that aren't traditionally like wrestling countries. Um, hmm. Like in yeah, that opponent from the first fight was a wrestler, so um, yeah, so um, yeah, Mark O. Madsen versus Austin Hubbard, and his his last name is Madsen. Not like, he he's not Irish. <laughs> they, yeah, they kept saying old Madsen. <laughs> uh, 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 he's what? He's just from Denmark? But yeah, what do you call people from De Danish? There we go. Uh, versus Austin Hubbard, which is a really good fight. Um, Madsen got off to a quick start. Uh, got that uh, freaking awesome suplex with one of the, like, the most <clears throat> incredible arches I've seen in MMA. Um... You know, just like picked him up for the back suplex and slammed him down basically in the same spot. That's how great the arch was. Um, but props to Hubbard, refused to be like just uh, uh, matted, got taken down like eight or nine times and got up every single time. Refused to give Madsen um, anything on the mat. Um, uh, and that, in that third round, really just came alive. Uh, he realized that every time Madsen threw the jab, any time he would, uh, any time Hubbard would faint, uh, Madsen would duck down to his right and take his eyes off of him. So what he ended up doing was starting to step in with that lead, step in um, knee, and then uh, eventually got to the point where he was literally just, anytime he would, uh, Madsen would go to the duck down, he would just grab the head with his lead hand and just crunch him down into it Re some really really good stuff um it, it, it's a good prospect fight for madison um though he's a 35 year old lightweight so i don't know how that works out uh yeah, gotta get the ball rolling pretty quick yeah <laughs> uh, madison did not look terrible strike like he looked you know i'll say he looked willing to strike because he was in spots um when he could get Hubbard moving backwards, he would throw that overhand right. He connected on it a couple times um, pretty cleanly, and you could tell it really bothered Hubbard. Um, but it, it, this was a fight between the dudes still figuring a lot of things out and a, uh, and a guy who is um, pretty ingrained into this. Um, it, it, like, uh, you get the feeling if... I'm sorry. No, 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 what's up? Oh, <laughs> uh, you want to call it one more stray? Somebody posted a picture of her and said her head looks like when you look at the back of a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let me get off of Twitter. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. That's, that's good. 
<laughs> that was, hold up. I got to get him. That was uh, at uh, E-L-L-Z-Z-G-M-M-A. <laughs> oh, man. That was funny. <laughs> Proceed. Uh, and, uh, uh, you get the feeling that Hubbard picked it up in the second round. Um, he he, he might have you know, um, walked away with the decision. Uh, but yeah, the threat of the wrestling game, man, it's, it's enough to scare, um, you off, even if you have to get up like 20 times, even, even if you get up 20 times, um, like you, that, that, and when you're getting suplexed, yeah. like, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not, I was a little shocked that we didn't get like a, uh, a Rustam Kabbalah, like Vince Pichel situation mm-hmm. where he just gets knocked out on the, la- uh, on the suplex, but. Uh, props to Hubbard, props to Madsen, picks up his 10th win in his career, I think, second win in the UFC. Um, did not match the same hysteria that his first fight caused when he was fighting in Denmark, um, on the main card, and he just absolutely tooled, uh, what's his face? Mm. Uh, and that arena went crazy. Yeah, uh, Danilo, uh, Belardo, yeah, that fucking, that arena exploded, uh, but, um, yeah, it's a solid fight, solid fight. Um, and now I'm stuck because there are two fights. Uh, you know, I talked about Rodolfo Vieira a little bit and how his face changed. And um, so let's talk about Mearshart versus Darren Wynn. Mm. Uh, first off, I don't think you should be allowed to call commentary for your teammate um, or, or the dude you manage. But I'll give it to DC. He did not go in the uh, the Dominic Cruz. Uh, what's that dude's name? Matt Sales route. Where- yeah, yeah. No, he he did a good job comment commentating. Like he didn't. I never got the sense that he was trying to. You know, this this felt more like a guy. Uh, um, like when you watch a boxing event and they interview the coach in the corner, uh, while the right. fight's going on. Like I, I got that type of vibe more than like. I'm really gonna put my guy. Like he, DC was pretty hard on Win. Uh, like, looking back on it, um, yeah, yeah. You, you still, you still don't want to open uh, yourself up to that type of like bias, right? Uh, but like, yeah, for for what it was, it was not all that. It was, it was not terrible. Um, though I think it did take a bit of the uh, the narrative off of Mere Short. Um, um, Win got off to a pretty star- solid start. Um, yeah. Five six, one hundred eighty five pounder who missed weight, um, re- like you know, big overhands, big hooks. Uh, was catching Mirshar early with those. I think he heard him at one point early in the first round. Um, but Mirshar um, found his footing, found his range, realized that Darren Wynn is only five six and can only throw from like a foot away. So he just started jabbing at him and jabbing at him. And then going to the body, and then jabbing at him some more, <laughs> and eventually it just completely shut down Wynn's game. And um, yeah, like started throwing those knees, started throwing kicks, um, just that 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 looping punch to the body, that um, that like Usman was throwing on Covington. We had a few of those. Um, yeah, it was a very it was a good performance from Mearshart. Like if this dude was like another dude, if this dude was athletic, he'd be a ranked fighter because he is a he is a very solid skill set. Um, 
But uh, he completely shut down Wynn for uh, most of the next two rounds. Um, Wynn did catch him in the third round, but Mearshart was able to pivot off of it. Um, managed to get to Wynn's back and lock up the rear naked choke uh, halfway through the third round and get the submission. Got it quick, too. Wynn did not put up much of a fight. Um, nah, nah. I think he was kind of tired. Yeah, he he looked big. <laughs> he looked he looked pretty winded. Um, but yeah, just all around solid, solid performance from Mearshart. Um, like when, like you you cannot like if you're a short like so, obviously being five six is not ideal for middleweight, but there are ways you can optimize your height, right? Like, um. You can get underneath people, meaning that, like, you know, they have to get, they have to, you can take away a little bit of their mobility by forcing them to, like, have to get to your level, like, you know, sink their knees down or sit down in their stance and, you know, you play with that. Um, you can pressure, like John Lineker does, like, to an absurd degree or, like, DC. Or you can stay all the way out and be, like, you know, a John Dawson type. You cannot literally just walk yourself into range and sit at the end of your opponent's jab and expect it to work. Yeah. You, you either got to be pressuring or you got to be out of the pocket. Um, or you got to be underneath them. And wins an amazing wrestler. I, and I get that it's hard to take dudes down um, in MMA because of the cage when you know, you're, you're the shorter dude. But like you got to add that threat in. Or else like they, they have no reason to... like. They have no reason to allow you to be in the pocket. All right. Um, and uh, that, like that, that's what Wynn discovered here. Well, he's he's zero two now, right? Uh, Wynn is one and two in the UFC. Oh, one and two, one and two. He won that uh, that big ass brawl with what's his face. Eric oh yeah, 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 yeah. And honestly, probably should have beat um, Darren Stewart, but like it was like one of those things where like. Stewart landed more uh, damaging shots, so like they gave him some, which fair enough. Yeah, that happens. You know, it happens. Uh, uh, well, we'll see with when the wins. I really don't really know what to like think of. He's <laughs> he is great DC. Yeah, I was gonna say he's like a, a little mini DC. Which is funny because DC is a mini DC. Right. <laughs> but you know what though, I, I can't really make fun of win. Or his physique, because I realize like I'm only taller than him by like an inch or two. We're probably built around. Well, he's, he's way more athletic than I am. So. You're also not trying to fight in the UFC's like uh, middleweight division. That is true. I think about that sometimes too. Like at my weight, I would technically be a heavyweight. So. And, but you also have to figure out like these dudes have like well not the heavyweights but like everybody else has like a nine percent body fat. Seven percent yeah. body fat. Like, I feel like with my frame, I probably would have to be like a light. I mean, Yoel Romero was a Yoel Romero was a fucking heavyweight in that cage last night. Why does he not? He should have went to two hundred five like three years ago. Man could have been like a champ by now. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't think he'll ever fight John Jones since they're friends. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, just a recap. Uh, all the prelims, so give everybody their uh, their just due. Uh, just starting back from the top, Sean O'Malley uh, got the TKO over Jose Quiones. 
Uh, Mark Madsen got the unanimous decision over Austin Hubbard. Uh, Rodolfo Vieira got the arm triangle choke over uh, Saparbek Safarov. Uh, Mirshart got the rear naked choke over Duran Wynn. Uh, Giga Chikazi got the split decision over Jamal Emmers. And Dana Batgrell got the KO over Guido Canetti. That was UFC 248. Amazing card, top to bottom, violence everywhere. Um, I can't really pinpoint and tell you what to rewatch. Just rewatch the whole card if you missed it. Like it really was one of those cards where you should watch every fight. But start with uh, Yuan Yanjaychek Wei Zhang. Yeah, and work your way down. <laughs> and then watch Adesanya Romero last. Um, but maybe nah, on like this, a different a... day. Like you know, not. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you got an extra 30 minutes to spare <laughs> on a day that you're not doing anything, then throw Adesanya Romero on. Just put some music on in the background. I need something to keep you a little, something to keep you awake. But amazing card, though, man. Amazing card. Um, yeah, that uh, definitely one of the easily. This, this is going to be contention for, like, card of the year. Zhang versus Jun Jacek is definitely fight of the year, hands down, no questions. Um, and good luck on anybody who goes to tries to have a better fight than that um just great performances from a lot of just really solid fighters and i you know what i like this real quick like like guys like dariush and magni and mirshart like they're not like a level fighters i would say these are kind of guys who i, I would say are kind of like that second tier so I thought it was cool that a lot of them got a chance to shine on like a pay per view that was this big. Yeah, like, it, like they're career guys, right? And uh, yeah, th- this is uh, the, the, these type of performances is how they how how they keep their names around, right? So, yeah, man, just shout out to everybody who was on this card. Man, it was it was a really really good time, and I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed um, watching this. Uh, real quick before um, we move on to fight announcements and stuff, um, I wanted to give, well, I, I, you probably can recap it better than I can. Um, you mind giving a quick recap of the Invicta uh, Phoenix series? Yes. That, uh, that happened? So, Invicta had their third uh, Phoenix series card featuring a bunch of, um, featuring a bantamweight tournament um, consisting of, a quarterfinal and a semifinal that had one round fights, and then a main a final that had uh, a three round fight, as well as uh, a fight between Kay Hansen and Liana Parasin, and the main event, which was uh, Julija Stolyarenko versus Lisa Verzosa um, for the Invicta Bantamweight title. Um, the tournament um, first round winners were uh, Serena De Jesus, who beat Carrie Kennison by just beating her up in the clinch. Taylor Guardado, who out wrestled Claire Guthrie for the uh, for a decision. Uh, Hope Chase, who put the put a beating on Julia Odolino, um, just like very aggressive, uh, very powerful striker. Uh, Hope Chase um, and wrestler and Tanisha Tennant, who. Um, Outboxed, out kickboxed Brittany Victoria um, off the back foot, rocked her, had her hurt. Um, we had a couple of alternate fights for in case anybody from the first round could not make it to the uh, semis. Uh, Mitzi Mary beat Morgan Hicken, and Kelly Clayton beat Flory Niet to Moore in one of the like I've never seen another person eat so many right hands as a uh, as a uh, Flory did in that fight. Um, it was really bizarre. 
uh, Kelly Clayton just kept tagging her. It's not even like it was like set up for like Flurry is just straight up in the air, chin untucked, walking into Clayton's right hand over and over again before getting submitted uh, with less than ten seconds left in the round. Um, all right, moving on to the semis. Uh, Taylor Guardado fought Serena De Jesus and beat her via a split decision. Um, I didn't agree with the decision. Guardado basically won off a few exchanges that happened at range, but Serena De Jesus was the one who uh, uh, was able to nullify her wrestling, and she did some not damage, but she 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 did some work in the clinch, like some really nice knees, some really well timed elbows off the break. Um, I thought De Jesus should have won, but they gave the decision the uh, split decision to Guardado. Um, again, these were one round fights. Um, Tanisha Tennant beat Hope Chase. Hope Chase decided to turn into a wrestler, um, but ended up eating a bunch of Travis Brown style elbows uh, along the cage. Um, Tennant also managed to keep her at range on the feet. Our kickboxer uh, did a, a, a lot of um, had a really a lot of really nice head movement. Um, was able to you know keep Chase off her. Um, she, uh, Tennant ends up winning decision. Um, and then we had the first open score, open round scoring fight in North American MMA history. Um, Kay Hansen versus Leanna Parison um, did not factor in very, uh, like did not factor much into the fight. Kay Hansen won the fight on the ground, out wrestled Parison pretty clearly for three rounds. Um, so I don't know if you saw the style of which they were doing at Sensei. Um, it was mm. I, like I don't care much for open scoring because I think it takes away a little bit of the drama for us, the fans. Um, but the way they implemented it, I think, was pretty pretty good. Um, so they had two people with iPads um, at the, the end of each round stand behind the uh, the corner uh, along the cage. So, like, you know, fighter had their back to them. The coach could see the score. Um, and it, it would have the, uh, the scores displayed, you know, like blue, 10, uh, red, 9. So, that the cor- so it was up to the corner to tell the fighter whether or not uh tell them what the score was which i really like if you're going to have it i think um the if you're going to have open scoring i think the uh i think the quarter should know not the fighter cuz you know. so but hold on so like but but like the viewers still saw it oh right? yeah so they did not put them up on the screen like uh, for the arena to see but like or they uh, the way they put them up on the screen was that the, the cameraman was right there so you could see the score the coach could see okay. the score but the fighter couldn't see the score. So it was up to the fighter, or the coach, to be like, hey, um, you're down two rounds to, to none. You have to go out there and get the finish. Or or they could just be like, you know, because they know their fighter better than, you know, we do. They could just be like, hey, you're doing fine. Um, just do this, this, and this. And, you know, you, you'll win the decision. Because I, I feel like a good, well, it probably would be hard. It's probably be almost impossible to do in this age because everybody has a phone but like i said I, I think it would be cool if we didn't know but the corner people knew somehow yes that's that's so like what, just don't show us yeah um I, I i think that'd be for the best like open scoring does not like i i know they want like accountability for the judges and everything like that but like these people like they don't care what your opinion is they they only yeah, answer and, the athletic commission. They don't even answer the fighters. Um, and I get people's. I understand people's logic. Like their their logic is kind of like what you said. Like, in, in in a perfect world, you could tell a fighter like if it's a championship fight, and you could tell them, you know, maybe in the fourth round they they lost the first three, 
So you tell them, like, hey, you lost the first three. You, you need to get a finish. And in a perfect world, they would go out and storm out and just go for broke, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. But, like, we watch, we both watch Glory. Glory has open scoring. It doesn't do, I think, not to say it probably, maybe it works for some fighters, but I don't think it has the impact that people think it would have. Like, imagine you put, imagine you gave your all, you're in a championship fight, uh, like you're out there fighting your ass off. And then you figure, and then you hear that you're down three rounds to none. Like, you're probably demoralized at that yeah, point. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> do, do you just try to preserve yourself? Like, do you right. get, like do you mentally check it? Like, because like I, I can see that happening. Because we see it happen in fights where fighters know they're down like two rounds to none or four rounds four rounds to none, and they just give up. Um, so you know, like it, it's. You're not gonna like Ava. It, it, Ava it, amateur boxing has open round scoring, and it's one of the most corrupt sports. <laughs> and the thing is, I feel like the open round scoring, and I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not against it. Like, I, I think it still would be cool. Like, if the corners knew, but we didn't, let us have the drama. Let the corners know exactly what's going on, but. I feel like it doesn't. It still doesn't address the actual issue. Issue, which is the judges. Yes. Like, that's really where the issue is. It's not the. I guess the scoring is a part of it, but it's really the judging. Like that's where all the issues come from. And the open round scoring doesn't fix the judging. Like, they're still they're gonna judge the fight the way they would have judged it, no matter if it was open scoring or if it was just normal. So it doesn't really. I don't know. Like maybe it's a step in the right direction. Like I'm not against it. I'm just, I just want people to kind of pump their brakes. Like, this isn't going to be a fix by itself. Like, we'll have to take some other steps if we want to see judging overall improve. This could be a step in the right direction, but this isn't like the, this isn't a one-size-fits-all, like, oh, this is just going to wash away all the sins <laughs> of bad judging. It's not going to happen like that. Um, oh, my bad. Did you talk about the main event for that card? Um, not yet. Uh, you still have two more fights. Um, Tanisha Tennant uh, took a 30-27 decision over um, Taylor Guardado in the finals of the uh, of the card. Um, it was a low-paced kickboxing match. Um, I came away from the night really high on Tanisha Tennant. Um, I think she's pretty, I think she's a really good prospect. Like, not a lot of women, um, not a lot of, especially a woman's bantamweight, can fight off the back foot like she does. Um, She's a really slick outfighter. Um, kind of mad that we didn't get to see more of her versus Hope Chase because that's the type of matchup, like you know, the aggressive come forward uh, wrestle boxer versus the uh, the out kickboxer. You know, nice matchup. Um, but she ends up winning the tournament. I think she gets the shot at the winner of the main event next, um, which is cool. Um, and the main event, which, by the way. Would have been the best fight of the weekend had it not been for uh, Yuan and Jacek and Wei Zhang just decided to go fucking ham on one another. Um, the blood, blood. <laughs> if you are, if you are queasy at the sight of blood, don't watch this fight. Not for you. It is not. <laughs> um, if you are, if uh, if you love blood and guts wars, this is exactly for you. Dulija Stoliarenko versus um, Lisa Rososa, um for the Invicta Bantamweight title. 
Uh, Stoliareko, some of you may remember from that season of Tough that they did women's featherweight. Um, and I think she ended up losing to, like, Leah Letson at the, like, Tough finale. Um, but, uh, like, they, they should have kept her because she has been fun to watch um, on the uh, the uh, on the circuit. Like, she's just out here arm-barring chicks. Um, you know, and then she comes to the, into this fight and just puts on the uh, a fight of the night, fight of the year candidate with uh, Versosa. Um, so, hold up. So the opening minute and a half of this fight involves Soyarenko hitting Versosa with like two or three different head kicks and then running into a Versosa right hand that drops her. And then Versosa follows her into the guard and almost gets armbarred. That's the first 90 seconds of this fight. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it settled down a bit after that, uh, from the second round on. But Stoyareko started throwing these step-in, like, lead um, elbows that just cut open Versosa's face in, like, three different spots. And she had, like, her face at the end of every round was just, like, all right, like, crimson mask. Um, uh, the, the, they had to call the doctor at one point uh, after uh, after the round it was wild. Um, props to Brazosa, she fought her ass off. Like she did not back away. She was finding success with that right hand throughout the fight. Um, but just like defensively, just had no answers for Stoyarenko, who eventually just got to clutch and start elbowing her. Um. Uh, so, like I said, it went to split decision, but I thought it was a pretty clean win for Stoyarenko, who looked like a million bucks. Um, yeah, that, that was a uh, uh, that was going to be my leader for fight of the year. Um, maybe, maybe, uh, I'm trying to think of another fight because I just realized it's March, so we've had a few fights already. Um, but that 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 was a that 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 was one of the best fights in Victor history. It's up there with uh, Grasso versus Mizuki. Um, Caitlin Young, Leslie Smith won. Mm. Yeah, it, it was really great. If you have, if you guys haven't seen it, go watch it. I'll say shout out to them and uh, and uh, Yuan and Willie Jane. Yeah. International Women's Month weekend. Uh, uh, International Women's Day. It's actually today. Yeah, it is Women's Month though. Yep. So making history. Yep. Killing it. Um. But yeah, yeah, I only saw that main event, and I will co-sign. Um. If you like some blood and guts and just some some good old fashioned violence <laughs> that goes five rounds, go go ahead go ahead cut that on. Go 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 do yourself a favor. Um, and I, I like that that I like that tournament though that Phoenix Rising. I feel like they're two for two. So I, I enjoyed the first one too. I gotta go back and watch this one. But, you watch the second you know, one? Huh? Do you watch the second one? Who came? Who, who came from the Miranda second one? The first one was. Re- did I watch that one? Maybe I did watch that one. I can't remember. The first one always stands out to me because I remember uh, Van Buren. I can't remember the second one that much. Either way, I enjoy that tournament though. I like that. Uh, I like that tournament. Shout out to Invicta. Um. So I guess we'll move on to fight announcements and then uh, get into some news. I'll try to make this quick, cut the time. But uh, fight announcements, which I do actually have a decent number of. Um, I'll just run through these fairly quick. Uh, ooh, I got got a lot of them. <laughs> um, 
UFC 250. Henry Cejudo, Jose Aldo, <laughs> Amanda Nunes, Felicia Spencer. Good. <laughs> and the trilogy that I don't know if we asked for, but we're getting it. Uh, Little Nog, uh, Antonio Rogerio Noguera versus Shogun Hua. Which is supposed to be um, Little Nog's retirement fight. Allegedly. Allegedly. Which I can respect. Allegedly. Yeah, I respect. I respect. I hope it is his retirement. I hope so. But uh, that's all going down to UFC 250. I'm at UFC 251. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko jumping right back in to defend her flyweight title against Joanne Calderwood. Um, at UFC Kazakhstan, we'll have Marlon Marais versus Petr Jan. Um, at UFC 249, we will have Islam Makachev versus Alexander Hernandez, which I'm now realizing after yesterday, these are now two people who I kind of both want to see lose. I don't know if you, you saw what Makachev saw, posted on Twitter. I saw what Makachev posted. What did Alex Hernandez do? I don't know. He didn't post anything. He just says a lot of stuff yeah. that's like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, like Makachev, like read the room, man. <laughs> like, bro, it is not the 1800s no more. Like, three and a half rounds is one of the best fights in the in, in UFC title history, and Makachev tweets out, "MMA isn't a woman's sport." Yeah, like, bro. It's like, bro. Go back to the stone And then he age. had a bunch like, of people tweeting the uh, him getting knocked out by Adrian Martin. <laughs> I think he eventually deleted the tweet. But come on, bro. I, I will. Stop. I will give him this. I think it came from a paternalistic thing rather than a oh women suck at fighting thing, which I don't know if, if it's any better. But like. I, I think he has like the same mindset that like Khabib does, where it's like you know you, you don't want to see women get beat up, but uh, they're they're both grown. Shut the fuck up. Yes, let them bring the violence. They are they are willing participants. They are great at it. But they're fighting at UFC 249, along with speaking of uh, Nurmagomedov, uh, Umar Nurmagomedov will be making his debut against uh, Hunter Azor. Um, and uh, Magomed Ankalaev and Ian Kudalava will be rematching also on that same card at UFC 249. Um, at UFC Saskatoon, we will have Alexander Volkov versus Curtis Blades. And at UFC Columbus, uh, we will have Marlon Cheeto Vera versus Eddie Wineland. Ooh, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I feel like that's an underrated... I feel like... Real quick, I'll make it a real quick tangent. Like, I feel like Wineland... Because we, we all ride hard for WEC... I feel like he's like the forgotten guy of like that class who's actually still around and is still like putting on like solid fights. Like, yeah, like it's the really rest of that. Weird how like non on the bandwagon everybody is with one because like, he, he dude's a dude's been a knockout artist in the division that used to get like crapped on because like Dominic Cruz uh, was the champion and wasn't knocking anybody out like. He is out. He's been like he is consistently entertaining and consistently yeah. brings the violence. Austin, Eddie Wonderman, long long lived WBC. I, I think it has a little bit to do with the fact that he only fights like once a year now. That is true. You kind of you kind of forget about him, and then when he pops up, it's like, oh yeah, he is still around. It's, it's, and like he is dope. Then he goes and knocks somebody yeah. out. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, nah, that's a great fight. That's a good fight. Um, over at Bellator. Uh, at Bellator London, we will have Fabian Edwards versus Costello Van Stinas. 
Bellator 242, Sydney Outlaw versus Adam Piccolotti, Bellator 243, uh, Liz Carmouche making her debut against Mandy Boom or Boom. I don't know how to say Up that. in German. Uh, and uh, a fight that I just saw uh, yesterday, um, May 2nd, Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. Yes. The only thing I'm angry about is that fight was supposed to happen in April at, at MSG, and I was going to go. But they decided uh, to have it. They're having it in Manchester on the undercard for like Derek Chisora or Dylan White or something. It's just ugh. that deserves to be a main event and it deserves. Yeah, to be, that should be a that deserves all the attention. Yeah. Um, oh, definitely. There, there was another big fight um, from the women's boxing world. Um, Cecilia Breakhouse, unified women's welterweight champion. Uh, she will be fighting Chicago's Jessica McCaskill to unify. Um, is it unification or is it? I don't remember. But they're going to be fighting um, April? May? I had to think. It, uh, they're going to be fighting soon. So boom. Oh, Serrano wears the Jays again. I mean, she, she hates boxing shoes, so she probably will wear the Jays. Oh, good. Wear the Jays. <laughs> Jays were extra clean. Mm-hmm. Real, real spit. Straight out the box. Yeah, definitely straight out the box. Um, no, nah, man, that, a lot of awesome fights, um, due to time, can't really go into deep on any of these, because we still got a couple of headlines to cover, and then we'll get out of I'm, here. I'm still... Um, I mean, for the most part, we, we've talked about Cejudo and Aldo, like, we don't really care much for... I'm gonna be a big hypocrite, though, like, if Aldo wins, I'm probably gonna be, like, really oh, happy. Oh, fuck yeah. You get me? <laughs> but, well, you know what, I'll pick one fight that we can... Go uh, briefly talk about um, out of all those mentioned um, the Marais and Yan fight. That's the heat. That's the good shit. That's the yeah. Marlon Marais doesn't catch a break. <laughs> <laughs> this division is scary. In, in all fairness, he probably should have. Do just beat arguably the greatest fighter of all time. Um, but boy, that is not a that's probably mm-hmm. not a good matchup for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about dudes who will pressure you and then put the hurt. Yes. <laughs> Boy, Mar- I hope you are in the gym. Uh, just working the, learning, just wor- working the yeah. pivots. Yes, because <laughs> this is not the guy you want in your face for five rounds. This is not the guy, man. Um, that fight, yeah, that fight's going to be crazy. That is going to be a wild. I like both, man. I'm a big Marais fan, but Jan, Jan has been, you know, just Mr. All-Violence. Even before he was in the UFC, really, like, he's been all-violence just for, for years now. That, yeah, that, that, is, that is heat. That is a major heat. Um, do you... Hmm, I almost feel bad about this fight, too. I feel like Alderman's getting, like, left out. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like curious I'm, why that fight. Like, why, why is it Marlon Marais and not Aljamain Sterling? Yeah. Like, is Sterling be like? I, I don't. I can't imagine they're be, they're just like Aljamain Sterling is like on the um. You know, he's he's on the uh the 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 shortlist to replace Aldo if he can't make it. Because like I I think Cejudo would just as soon pull out of the fight. Um. So I, I don't know what's happening with uh, Sterling. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he's 
as great as that fight is, he's he's getting somehow I feel like he's getting like the short end of the stick. Like I guess we won't because it, I guess we won't know until um what 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 Sterling uh, until we have an idea what Sterling is doing next. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But either way, Marais and uh, Jan, that's a that's a fight you mark mark on the calendar. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a wild one. Um, and then I guess we can move on. Uh, oh, I just realized they're going to San Diego. When? Um, God, um, I don't remember. So he'll probably be on. Uh, well, no, like because hmm. well, no, he's in, he's in New York. But they might try to get Dominic Cruz for that card, and Cruz would need an opponent. We'll see. We'll see. Sterling probably would take the Cruz fight to have that name on his resume. Um, yeah, I just realized, since we haven't talked in months, we haven't had to talk about Josh Fabio, which we, we won't get a chance to today, but I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Ah, mm. oh, man, that guy. Woo. Yeah, he's the, the man chasing a male mech around the cage with a knife. He's got Portal beat by. <laughs> he's he's got Portal beat by a mile. Like remember, like we went through the the movement coach phase. Nah, he's got all them guys beat. He he is the uh, the king of that class if there is such a thing. Uh, Shouts to Koeka Carter just on Tumblr again for he he linked me with the athletic um, Josh Gross's interview with Fabio after the uh, the Sanchez. Uh, Pereira, uh, God, what was the dude's name? Was it Michelle Pereira? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, after their fight, he had uh, Josh Gross interviewed Fabius Coach um, about the bias and UFC commentary and how Diego Sanchez blocked a million strikes in that fight and how he had won and like everybody was just being stupid. Uh, but uh, he shouts to Clark Carter for linking me with that. Um, but. We we also think to talk about um, Joseph Benavidez falling short again. Oh, God. Yeah. So, you know, just for, we'll tie this into like the last fight announcement. The plan is they're going to run this back in the summer. Uh, for those who don't know or have been living under a rock, Davidson Figueredo beat Joseph Benavidez last week. Um, for the for what was supposed to be the UFC flyweight title. But Figueredo missed weight by like a pound and a half, um, so it was but it was set up so only Benavides could win the title, and then he ended up getting knocked out in the second round. And now they're looking to rematch that fight sometime in um, the summer. So chances that he misses weight again, hundred uh, <laughs> percent. God, I feel bad for Joe, man. Damn, this sport is cruel. It man. is cruel as fuck. And that's uh, that's part of the joy. That is part of the joy. Like I'm glad. I'm, I, part of me is glad he's getting the rematch, but a part of me is like, is this gonna go different? Well, I mean, like he had success, but he just he was walking into like he the way he was just leaping in. I was like, bro, this is a disaster, just waiting to happen. Yeah, that's what made it fun. Is, <laughs> you gotta live on that. You gotta live and die by on that edge of that sword, my man. 
Ah, man. We'll see what happens in the rematch. We'll, we'll see. Um, I'll keep my headlines pretty short. Um, one's just pr kind of a quick footnote. Uh, last time we talked about Jessica Penne, life was not going so well for her. Uh, she was like on the verge of being suspended for like four years. Uh, she opened up a OnlyFans account. I don't know if it's still there, well, but I, well, well <laughs> we, we should we should like opening up an OnlyFans account does not mean that you know life isn't going great for you. She opened that up to finance her legal battle with the, with Usada. <laughs> Which means life wasn't going so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I have to add that little bit of context in. Yeah. But all, all jokes aside, um, it seemed it was a really rough situation. Like, And she's, I didn't know that she was 37. Um, I was under the impression that she was like 32. Which even still, a four-year suspension is bad either way. But at 37, a four-year suspension pretty much means you're never fighting again. Um, definitely not in the UFC, at least. But you um, go fight in Japan. Yeah, go, go fight um Rindakai. Right. <laughs> but her sentence has been reduced. Uh, I'm reading this uh, from MMA Junkie. Uh, says the uh, former Invicta FC champion, UFC title challenger, received a reduction uh, for her U.S. anti-doping suspension. Uh, just gonna skim down a little bit. Uh, she was originally suspended for four years after failing an out-of-competition drug test provided on April 2019, testing positive for two metabolites of stanozol, hydrox, I can't pronounce, some stuff she wasn't supposed to be taking, uh, banned substances that were, they were banned at the time. Um, but her sentence um, has been reduced, uh, says, but due to determine she wasn't intentionally looking to cheat, when she committed her first violation, as well as her participation in discussions with USADA in her second violation, Dark. USADA, <laughs> USADA reduced Penny's suspension from four years to 20 months, uh, which means she will be able to turn, return to competition uh, effective on December the 8th of this year. Uh, so she may or may not have narked somebody out. We don't know. We weren't there. We can only speculate. But, uh... Good news that she can fight again. Four years compared to a couple months. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad she's back. Though, cause that that was that would have been a really just terrible end to a career for you to get suspended for four years, and it wasn't looking good. So I'm glad. I'm glad she'll be able to fight again. Uh, so shout out to Jessica Penne. I don't know if she snitched on somebody, but probably. Yeah, well, you know. I wonder how many of these like these cases of like people snitching like actually end up somebody getting like ratted out because like I don't think we've ever heard of like anybody like uh or maybe they're not snitching the fighters maybe they're like snitching like the dealers oh, that like, that make more sense uh, I, hmm. okay could could be that. that being said like Penny probably should retire <laughs> just throwing it out there. Uh, we'll see. And my last news story, um, I'm only bringing this up because we, we covered this when it happened, and every time we brought up his name, we were wondering like what was going on with his case. But if you guys remember, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan at one time was like one of the uh, top prospects uh, at welterweight. He was out here handling business, and then he had a sexual assault case. Didn't hear from him for a long time. Um, it has now come out that... Uh, you know, the case uh, went to court. Uh, he has been found not guilty. Um, there's a lot to read here, honestly, so I, I can't really 
I'm not really going to get into all of this, because this honestly could have been like a whole discussion in and of itself. Um, I, I'll just say do your research. There, there, there's enough articles about the story um, it kind of around. It, is it was a messy, gross. Yeah, not good. <laughs> like, this is kind of one of those things where like, even though you won in court, it's still like, this, this was not a good look. Like, this was not... Not a good like look at his, all. His his like his story is not much better than what he was tried for. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's... Um. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Uh. Not not. People just make good decisions, man. Just just. I don't know. I don't know. But he won in court, so. It is what it is, I guess. His manager said um, he'll be but, fighting within like two months, or he'll have a fight yeah, within two months. No, he's quoted as saying, "We're free to go back to life." But, and he also, I guess, in the vein of Sean O'Malley and Neil Magny, uh, has been out for two years due to this. Um, so, if you were wondering where uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan was, he's been dealing with his court case, but it's over now, so uh, probably be seeing him fighting soon. Um, but like I said. Just research the details of that case. It's a lot. I, I can't get into all of it due to time, but um, messy stuff. Messy stuff. But uh, that's all I have for uh, news headlines. Okay. Um, man, I have nothing. You, you got everything I want to talk about. Oh, wait. Uh, were you talking about how last week's one card... Um, was fought in front of an empty stadium. Mm. Yeah, we mentioned coronavirus earlier. Um, so if you're a debate fan and, you know, I, I don't know what the UFC's plans were regarding Asia in the immediate future because I know they like to go there once a summer. Um, I know there's there's talk about the Olympic Games being suspended. Um, I, I, know, I know that uh, one is having an issue, like, with all their... Uh, uh, the like you know, more and more cases popping up. Italy is just one of the, is the most in, I don't want to say infected, but infected uh, country in uh, Europe right now. So Gordon knows what if and when the uh, Bellator is going to go back to Italy. Um, like these, this, like they just got like uh, they just got their our first cases around here. Um, I know they shut down like a whole school district in Manhattan or a school in Manhattan. I'm not sure if it was the whole district. Um, and the UFC is going to Brooklyn in a month uh, for uh, Khabib Tony. So, and Dana White came out and said that they're not canceling. Uh, they're not canceling the event. So, Dana got money to make. He don't care about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, just. Be careful out there, man. Wash hands. Make sure your family kids wash their hands. But also, don't hoard shit. Like, don't like hand sanitizer shouldn't be three hundred dollars on Amazon. Like, go buy soap. Right. <laughs> like, some soap, some body wash, some take some take showers. Um, you know, wipe wipe your stuff after you're done using it. Especially if you like go to the gym and stuff. Um, if it. Like I, I, I know not everybody can get. I, mean, I didn't even. I didn't even. I didn't even think. Like about I know that. not everybody is like 
capable of taking time off work. You know, as America, like a lot of us live like paycheck to paycheck. A, a lot of us don't have health insurance. A lot of us don't have health insurance that'll cover a doctor's visit, let alone a coronavirus test. But like, if you feel sick, try to take time off. Try to see a doctor. Yeah. Oh man, that just oh god, that brought up another thing. God, I can't can't time. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I I'm seeing articles about companies that are like making an exception to like let employees um like not I guess letting making them get in trouble if they take off for like the coronavirus or if they're sick. And it's like why are we applauding them for doing like the bare minimum? Like that that should be like the standard. Yeah. Like, yeah, like if you're sick you shouldn't be at work. Like <clears throat> that should just Like ah, I said, God. our society is not set up to handle a mass uh you know, viral pandemic. It's just not. Yeah. And now everybody's starting to see that. Let's see. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what. One could, I was going to say, one could hope maybe somehow this will be a blessing in disguise. That maybe at the end of this, this is what it takes for companies to realize, like, oh, maybe we should actually have, like, paid sick leave and, you know. So you know, I know it's really funny. Uh, I keep I keep saying funny, but it's not funny. But it's funny. Um, so, do you know what APAC is? Oh, they are a lobbyist for the uh, Israeli government, um, uh, and they have this big conference every year uh, in DC where they where two thirds of Congress will attend. Um, and it turns out, two of the people who attended. Uh, uh, APAC is here, were confirmed to have coronavirus. Um, and it, from what I heard, a lot of the people who attended APAC who weren't jet, like congressmen, they came to the Capitol Hill afterwards. Um, and there, so, like, and like I said, coronavirus is most deadly in people over the age of 65. And most people sitting in Congress are over the age of 65. Yes. They've been there for 80 yep. years. So there is a decent chance that there is a congressman or woman right now who has who, who has coronavirus. Hmm. Maybe they don't show the symptoms, but they might have it like on their body or something. So everybody's affected. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> but beyond that, sensei. What re- reach into your fight, uh, your the vault that is your mind, and what fights would you recommend to the audience this for this week? All right, I was uh, I was struggling with my fight recommendations, I forgot that I made this a thing <laughs> that I'm supposed to write down, but um, I reach into my bag, uh, going, going into my, 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 my tie bag, my Muay Thai bag. This is actually a very recent fight, um. I believe it is still up on YouTube. Uh, it is a Muay Thai fight between Ra Tang, which if you listen to this podcast, you better know who Ra Tang is. We only talk about him like every time he fights and won. But uh, Ra Tang had a Muay Thai fight against a gentleman named Kaonar. That's spelled K-A-O-N-A-R. Uh, P.K. Sainchai Muay Thai Gym. You know how they do with the last names. But um, it was a Muay Thai fight that took place... Within like the last month or two, I want to say. Um, one of the rare times... I say rare. Doesn't happen that often, but... Uh, one of the times you'll see Ratang lose. Um, 
But don't let that deter you from watching the fight. It was still a really good fight. And I just, I've been trying to get more into, like, watching, like, actual, like, legit Muay Thai fights. And just, it has, like, a just a different kind of, like, feel to it. It's, it's really it's a different speed. Like, yeah. The, 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 like, the, the scoring system is completely different. There's music blurring in the background. Too. Right. <laughs> it almost feels like, like a cultural, like, it's not part party's not that, the word it's like it, a, it, it is like a celebration of sorts yeah yeah it's something like, like everybody's like really having like a good time like the music just sets like this certain kind of vibe meanwhile two dudes are in a ring just kicking the crap out of each other and getting elbowed <laughs> but like it's just it's a really different feel from watching like an mma fight or a boxing fight like it's it just has a different feel to it but um it was a really, uh, a really good fight. Uh, Kaonar, um, that was one of the, the I've, I've never really seen anybody, like, kind of manhandle or rotting like that. He, he swept him and took him down a lot of times, and it was really physical. He, uh, he landed some really nasty elbows on Rotang. Um, but no, it was, it was a fun fight, man. Um, pure, just straight up, like, actual Muay Thai fight. Um, it, it was, uh, February 27th, at least according to Wiki. So like I said, really, really recent fight. Um, go give that a watch. Get some Muay Thai in your life. Um, so that is Raw Tang versus Kaonar. Uh, once again, that is spelled K-A-O-N-A-R. Um, so go give that a watch. Should be uh, on YouTube. Yep. Um, so like, like we mentioned multiple times now, it's uh, um, it's you know Women's Month and you know International Women's Day. Um, so I have a fight trilogy for you. Um, Layla McCarter, Melissa Hernandez, arguably the best trilogy in all of women's boxing. Um, Layla McCarter is still out here, actually. This is funny. Um, but, like, these fights happened, like, over a decade ago. Um, but um, if you want a absolute good afternoon of just, like, sitting back and watching some, like, tremendous fights, go watch. Go to YouTube. Go look up Melissa Hernandez and Leo McCarter, both world champions. Uh, just slug it out for um, you know 60, uh, 36 rounds. So that, that that's my one as one recommendation. Uh, I was going to recommend uh, Solyarenko versus uh, Rizoso. Yeah, you know I still am, but we talked about that. So um, if you haven't watched that, go watch that. Um, if you did not watch the one card from last week, just so we can fit in some kickboxing, uh, go watch Janet Todd versus Stamp Fairtex 2. Uh, that was a really good one. Um, eh, what else do we have on the docket? Um, oh, uh, you know what? Uh, you want to get chick has been called like like has been called boring in the past, which is wild to me because she's in like three of the greatest. You, UFC title fights and women's fights I've ever seen. Um, you know her her fight with Nama Yunus, this one with Weili Zhang. But if you have not seen it before, go watch her rematch for the title with uh, Cordy Gadella. Which I ironically just searched. Um, it's not on the UFC channel, but it is on somebody's channel, <laughs> so you can go yeah. watch it. Uh, if you don't have Fight Pass, I'm sure there's like a million, or not a million, but there's other means to watch the fight. But uh, it, it is a uh, absolute classic. Um, I think that 
I think it happened the same year that Roy McDonald, Robbie Lawler two happened, or Robert Whitaker Romero, and I can't remember which one, but I think that's the only reason I didn't have it in my fight of the year. Um, so like if you haven't seen it already, and I don't, I can't imagine many of you haven't seen it. Um, if you're you know you listen to a podcast that's primarily about Whaley Jane versus Yuan and Jacek, for being honest. Um, you know, go, go, go give it a watch. Cause it is absolutely another absolute classic. Um, so there's, there's a whole bunch of, there's, there's some homework for you guys. All right, do all that homework before we come back next month. Go watch every women's fight. Yes. ever. Yeah. There, there, there's the your, the there's your answer. Go, go watch all the fights. <laughs> go to, go to fight pass. Start at Invicta FC one. <laughs> Just work your way up. Then go, yeah, you gotta go to boxing. By the time we start recording next month, you know, hopefully we got you gotten through a bit, a good, good bit of it. Um, but yeah, that is uh pretty much it for uh, today's episode. Any quick closing thoughts before we get out of here? Um, <sighs> God, uh, I'm gonna steal from Joey. Be good to people, y'all. Um, don't, don't treat people like shit. Um, and order Chinese food, damn it. Like, stop being racist. Like, you better get that General Souls chicken. Y'all are bugging if y'all <laughs> depriving yourself of some orange yeah. chicken. Get your life right. Um, I'll just echo what I said earlier. Be clean. Be, uh, be, uh, what's the, what's the word? Uh, have good hygiene. Just wash your hands. Soap. Water. Uh, and don't do the quick, like, mini wash where you just, like, splat. Splat it on for, like, two seconds. Like, give yourself a nice, you know, quality washing of the hands. <laughs> like, you know, just be sanitary. Just be sanitary. Be safe out there. Um, and I didn't get to mention this. I wonder, I almost was going to bring this up during my What's in Your Mind. I'll just give it a quick shout out. Um. Play that Final Fantasy VII remake demo. Ooh, it's great. yo, I am. <laughs> like, I, I haven't been sold on a Final Fantasy VII remake. Like I've been following along, but like that, that, that I, I watched the demo. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to play it. That demo heat. <laughs> that demo is heat. Heat. And Jesse is not the best the... character in Final Fantasy. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> but just to correlate this back to us, uh. If you follow me on Twitch, at Serial Sensei, um, I did play it, and I streamed it. I actually played the demo twice because I had such a good time. Um, that video should still be up on my channel, so I think Twitch doesn't erase things for like a week or so. So, if you want to see it, uh, you can watch me play it on my Twitch stream, uh, Twitch TV, at Serial Sensei. Uh, but yeah, go go play that uh, that Final Fantasy VII Remake demo. I'm not even a Final Fantasy like, fan like that. That demo is heat. That demo is fire. Um, that's all we got for today. Once again, you can give this podcast a listen. Uh, SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all that good stuff. Send questions to Dodo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up on social media at the Dodo Talk Podcast Facebook page and Instagram page. And follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei and Twitch. Follow the Antakul on Twitter at GC Zeus. Uh, we will see you guys next month for UFC 249. Um, Tony Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov. 
knock on wood that that happens and i'm gonna go see it in the theater because my local theater is playing it so that's my plan but we will see you guys then so until next time as always anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face we will be there to talk about it until next time we will catch you guys later